Blog Talk Radio. What is going on, my Miami Hurricanes fans? Now, I'd like to take a quick moment and just welcome Manny Diaz as the 25th head coach of the Miami Hurricanes. You've got a lot of work ahead of you, but I'm trusting you, Manny. And speaking of work, Manny got right down to business on his first day as the head coach. He has pretty much cleaned house with the entire offensive staff. I'm talking everyone that had anything to do with the offense. And yes, this does include Todd Hartley, Ron Duggins, Stacey Searles, John Rick, and Thomas Brown. Gone. This list also includes Gus, the strength and conditioning coach as well. So you know what that means, Canes fans. All positions on the offense are wide open. This also includes an opening for an actual offensive coordinator. Heck yeah, but I'm pretty darn excited about this one. There's a new man in town And he's not fooling me around There's a new man in town And he's not fooling me around People listen up There is something that you ought to know Our responsibility is to play like the Miami Hurricanes. So what should the Miami Hurricanes look like? Well, the very first thing we establish on defense is we're going to be tough. We will not be out hit. We will not be out tough. Miami is always known for its great speed. We're going to play fast. Okay? We're going to use our speed. We're going to let our athletes go. And then lastly, we're going to have fun. We're going to play with passion. This is a tough city. This is a passionate city. The fans of the Miami Hurricanes, they want to see their teams play with toughness, and they want to see their teams play with passion. When you come see Miami play, it should look like there's two teams on the field, and one is having infinitely much more fun than the other team is. We will have a fantastic offensive coordinator, a great quarterback coach, and a great scheme. But first and foremost, none of that will win without great culture. We have got to get the culture of the football team united between all three phases of the team. If you wore you on the side of your helmet last year or you wore it on, on your, over your heart on a coaching shirt, we are all responsible for the 7-6. and six. Therefore, it is all of our responsibility to do everything we can to make sure that that never happens again. In about a week and a half when the team returns, the 2019 Miami Hurricane football team will be born. And what it does from that point on will be decided by their next step after that first initial meeting. Please go and tell somebody Hurry up and spread the news The mighty, mighty man is back in town 
he's not. So much has happened since we last convened on Kane Sport Live. You think? A little bit has happened? Maybe Manny Diaz isn't the prototypical new man in town because he's been here for three years. But after attending his press conference today, after having the opportunity to sit down with Manny for about a half hour afterwards, I can safely say that this is a guy that is certainly not messing around. In a whirlwind 12 hours, Mark Rick resigned the head coaching position, and Diaz sped over to the Hecht Athletic Center and convinced Blake James to give him the opportunity of a lifetime and change forever the lives of himself and his family with a five-year contract believed to be worth $2.5 million a season. Then Diaz sent the entire offensive coaching staff and strength coach Gus Felder packing a resounding message that there's not only a new man in town, but that new man intends to change the culture of the entire program, a culture that brought the house down this season. The whole thing was certainly a whirlwind with an unpredictable conclusion to a horrible 2018 season that began with a very poor performance against LSU and ended with one significantly worse than that. I mean, who thought that was possible against Wisconsin in the Pinstripe Bowl? We're going to slice and dice it all up tonight. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com. I welcome you once again to Canesport Live, the people show, presented this season by Sicilian Oven, with six restaurants throughout the South Florida area. When Canes fans go to Sicilian Oven, they'll not only love the taste, they will taste the love. As always, this is your show. It'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number, 563-999-3633. That's 563-999-3633. By now, most of you know the drill. We have over 100 open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. Although I'm looking at the board, and they're lighting up fast. We'll use the usual system. If you want to come on the show, you hit the one. On your keypad, that'll send a prompt here into our canesport.com studio that you want to be on the show. We'll bring you on in the order that you appear in the queue. If you're just riding around with your windows down throughout South Florida celebrating the arrival of Manny Diaz, you're welcome to use your cell phone, call into the show, and um, take up one of those lines. We've got plenty. You know, We've got 100 of them, so it sh- should be good enough to accommodate those that are riding around in their cars and aren't listening on their um, on their computers or their over-the-internet on their mobile devices. We once again ask the subscribers at canesport.com to post the topics and questions they'd like to hear discussed on tonight's show, and we're going to address those as we move forward during the course of the show. So Manny Diaz had his introductory press conference today, and it came with all of the standard fanfare and positivism that is typical of those types of moments. But as you heard in the opening to the show, Diaz didn't pull many punches when it came to what ailed the program this season and what he must change to give him a chance to be successful in this grand opportunity that's now before him. 
After the press conference, we had a chance to sit down with Diaz in a more relaxed setting and talk about some of those things in greater detail and his initial moves as a head. So before we go out to the phone lines, I thought there were some of those moments that you might find a bit interesting, and I pulled them together for you. In this coaching profession, this is a great occupation. This is a horrendous profession. It's really hard. Um, you know, what had to happen with the staff here uh, yesterday, I should have mentioned that there, that, that, was, that, was a, that was really, really difficult to do. Because um, our families, they get, they get drug around the country. Um, kids have to make new friends at school. Once, a kid, once your family gets comfortable somewhere, you know, off Zoom, off you go somewhere else. And, and everybody's got to follow dad, and everybody's got to be all in on that. And that's very difficult on, um, on the wives, very difficult on the kids. You know, all the criticism that, that coaches get, you know, usually coaches, you can, you know, you can handle that. That's hard on the families, you know. So the ability not just for um, the opportunity to happen, but, but for it to happen here, uh, to happen at home, to happen in a place where we feel really comfortable, to happen at a place where my kids love and all that. That was, that was uh, you felt like it was a win for them. To be honest, like almost more than it was like a win for you, you know, like um, like it's a win, it's a win for the family. You know, obviously coaching staff, the wives hang out together, everybody, you know, now in a 24-hour period, you've got the head job, you're, and you're jettisoning half the staff. Uh, how did that feel? And, and, ha- and, 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 you know, you've never been in that type of situation before. Those are... Those are good men. They're good coaches. And to be honest, they were friends. Um, and it is unfair to suggest that any one of them or all of them collectively were the problem. And that's the way it'll look. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and that, you know, the, you know, the fan base in coaching wants blood, you know, and when it happens, they all, they usually all cheer. That's not, that's not the way that it works. It's not the way that it operates. Um, if there was ever one thing, it'd be so easy to fix. You know, um, but at the same time, there has to be accountability, and and you know, the University of Miami cannot rank second to last in anything. You know, and uh, you can't turn around and say, you know, we're going to demand this of you as a player, and then, you know, and if you don't do it, you'll there'll be consequences. Well, we all know in this profession as coaches that we we know that that's the case. And like I said, that's why it's, it's a great occupation because what we do for the kids is amazing, but it's a very, very hard profession because you know at any time things that can be outside your control and outside of your responsibility can, can, can cost you your job. And I know firsthand because I went through it at Texas, you know, and, and I've been, I've been the scapegoat and I've been the one that, that was, you know, run out of town and, Mm-hmm. And and everybody thought it would all be better after that. So, um, was I responsible for what happened? I was. Was I? Ac- I'm sorry. Was I accountable for what happened? Yes, I was. Was I responsible for everything that was causing his problems? Of course, I wasn't. But when you have the job, when you have that, you know, that's that's part of it. So it, it's it's very very difficult. Um, but to make to make the cultural changes that needed to happen. Um, and to hire the offense corner that we want to hire, we had to have some flexibility to be able to really basically reset the vision of, of what we were on that side of the ball. The old strength staff, they, they did an outstanding job, and they improved us um, in the three years that they were here. But um, that coach in that room is your program. And the way, that, the way that I knew, you know, some of the different places I've been in the past, um, there are some programs where there's a football program and then there's a strength program, and there's sort of these two things that occur at the same time. And, and the way I wanted to run this program is that th- there is just a program. And because very honestly, the kids lift weights, 
and work out with a strength coach a lot more than they practice during just the way the calendar year is set up. Um, so that person is vital. Um, the feeling and the vibe the players get uh, when they're in there is vital. Um, and creating the atmosphere where they want to go to work and they want to be pushed and it needs to be really, really hard. And there was a little bit of a notion that maybe we didn't really work quite the way we needed to work this past year. That was that was expressed to me and, and uh and that's why I said everything matters, you know, and that, that there's never one smoking gun, but there are some things that, that uh if the players sense it, um then it's an issue. So after you took the temple job we were t- we were all talking in the group there out on the field and um the subject came up of what happened and your answer was that's better for somebody else to answer. Right. You're somebody else now. <laughs> what 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 happened and what do you need to do to fix it? Well, quite simply, we just didn't do the things let, let let's talk about the most obvious answers first. And I and I mentioned this maybe before the Virginia Tech week. We did everything it takes we did everything losing football teams do. Um, turnovers. You know, we did not take care of the football. Um, field position. You know, we, we, we got destroyed in terms of field position. And I think I mentioned we, we, we were bottom five in the country in average starting field position for the other team. And, and you, you even look at the Wisconsin game as sort of a microcosm of the entire year uh, where, you know, you just can't win a game when the other team plays on a 58-yard field. And it's just math. It's just it's science. It's like this is all, you know, analytics driven um so the way that we turn the ball over where we turn the ball over um you know just is not going to give you a chance to win regardless of scheme regardless of anything now you have to look back to say why are those things happening why why are we turning the ball over why are we unable to sustain drives why are we able to do those things what's happening in in special teams and as the year went on were we able to address those things and fix it so you know the 800 pound gorilla in the room is that you got to play better quarterback you know, it's just if you watch the college football playoff game and you watch the the uh, the New Year's Day six games and you watch the guys that are under center or in the gun every play, there's not a lot of guys playing on January 1st that don't have a guy playing quarterback for them. So there's two things: we got to get the guys on our campus to play a lot better. You know, um, we got to put them as much as we can in, in the best position for them to succeed as possible, um, or we got to find another guy. You know, so. That's, you know, in terms of the the one, two, three, I think those are the things that from just an obvious standpoint that we did that caused us to lose football games. Now, I'll go back to 2017. 2017, we had some of the same issues, but we didn't turn the ball over. You know, we were, you know, obviously we were tops in turnover in 2017. I think we were 12th or something like that this past year. But our, our, ability, our, our ability to give the ball away went, you know, went through the roof. And that just, you know, it, look, everyone has said even before we got here, the ACC is a tight league. The games are always close. They generally come down in the fourth quarter. And so when you look at it in 2017, we go to, you know, we went to UNC and I think turned them over four times and won on the last drive. You know, Syracuse came here. I think we turned them over four times and won on the last drive. You know, so we were winning close games that we were dominating in turnovers. Um, so it's not complicated to think that if we if that went away, um, then the wins would go away, you know. So, um, you know, quite simply, that's really just what happened. So you've heard what Manny Diaz had to say. A lot of real enlightening stuff. Now it's time to hear what you have to say, and we're going to go to the phone lines. 563-999-3633. 563 
888-346-3633. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And we're starting tonight in the 770. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Well, well, well. Hurricane Green Stephen is here. The man who was the man who was stoned in the square all year on the board had his rights took mid season. How 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 do I feel right now? How gratifying is this, Gary? You remember <laughs> the last time we spoke when I told you that coach I could call him CMR now. I wouldn't dare call him that last time, but he did the respectable and the Christian thing, like I said, and resigned. And everybody said, you're a fool. He's not going to do that. For whatever reason he did it, I don't know. It could have been – I don't know. I don't know if he did it out of the kindness of his heart or with certain things. To me, I think he wanted to get fired, and he didn't want to be there, you know, he took the job because his buddy Don Belly Jr. begged him to. And, oh, come on. And, That's and, not true. Come on, Steve. Steve, and, and, Steve, come look, on. Look, look, look. Let me talk, Gary. I've been All right, on. but come Even on. Don't, don't feed, a don't feed a bunch of baloney to the people, okay? Yeah, oh, Don Bailey Jr. didn't. Nobody begged Mark Rick to take the job. Come on. Go ahead. Keep going. Nobody begged Mark Rick. Nobody begged Mark Rick. To... How do you know that? But anyway. Hello? Yeah, I'm like, go ahead. Keep going. In, in, anyway, we'll, we'll go further with Blake James. Look, when he hired uh, Diaz, I'm going to be truthful. I was enraged, but after watching this man and listening to him, I'm ready to, I'm ready to get on board because if they wasn't going to fire Mark Rick, I was ready to uh, go on YouTube and have a burn party with all my youth gear, and believe me, I got tons of it. Every time I'm on campus, I go in there and spend about $200. My wife get mad, mad with me. And I, I would just enrage that this man would just let this guy keep making all these decisions and not step up. So Mark Rick did it for him. I was pissed the way he didn't even wait till Monday to hire Coach Diaz. But Coach Diaz settled me down with his actions on Monday. So I like the way he's talking. I think he's doing the right thing for the players and for the university by hiring the best offensive coordinator, the best defensive coordinator he can find, and everything should, you know, work out in his favor. We might not win a national championship, but at least we won't be the bad news bears. And I'm out. I'm not going to talk any recruiting. I'm not going to talk all that other stuff. It's just a good day in my book, and like I say, I think I I I, I, I wanted Blake James head for his incompetence, but hey, they ain't gonna do that. So we're gonna roll with Diaz and let's go Canes. And I'm out. All right, Steve. Thanks for getting us started. Yeah, you know, I, I think obviously there were a lot of opinions about what happened and 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 then how that next 24 hours evolved. It was you know, kind of untraditional to have a, a one-man search, uh, not take the time to look around the landscape of college football, see what was out there, not interview a guy like Mario Cristobal, who's been working his way up the ladder in college football, was at Alabama for four years. Now he's the head coach at Oregon and um, 
on his way to having success out there. A lot of work to do, but on his way to having success. So it was a, it was very untraditional, and I understand why there was a lot of anger initially towards Blake James uh, for not conducting what many would call a, a, a traditional thorough search. Um, that said, you listen to Manny Diaz today. I mean, he reeks of a guy that deserves this, an opportunity to succeed. I, you know, it, it, it's like he, he's been through everything that a guy can be through in college football. And uh, it's clear that he's going to attack this job with every ounce of passion in his body, which is quite a bit. And as Hurricane fans, I don't know how anybody cannot be supportive of him as we sit here tonight after hearing what he had to say today. And, and you know, it, it's an introductory press conference after a coaching change. You know, they, they kind of can be cookie cutter. But there was nothing cookie cutter about what was coming out of Manny Diaz's mouth today. And you could feel the passion. You could feel the intensity at which he is going to attack this opportunity of a lifetime. And, you know, I, I think you have to support him. I think you have to cheer for him. And the results will speak for themselves here as you go forward in 2019, 2020, 2021. Um, I don't think anybody is sitting here saying this is a five-year rebuild or anything like that. Uh, the roster is certainly not where it needs to be. There's a lot of work left. Recruiting this year is certainly not going the way it needs to go. And we'll see what they can pull together here in the last few weeks. Um, but all that said, you know, I, I really think everybody should line up behind Manny and not have a poisonous, toxic atmosphere around the program as he embarks on his journey. The toxic atmosphere, totally understood in the last few months. I, I, I mean, I said it all year. That was the worst head coaching job in one single season that I've ever seen in my 40 years of covering college football. Um, you, I have no way of explaining it. Some people say Mark Rick was just out of gas. You know, you know, whatever it was, whatever it was, all the little details uh, that need to to be paid attention to, that need to come together for a team to be successful, fell apart. Okay, and and Mark Richt did not waste his time here. This program is in way better shape than what he inherited from Al Golden, except in one place. That's the product on the field. It's not in better shape. It's the same. Now the challenge for Manny Diaz is to take it up notch by notch and get it to where everybody wants to see it. So I say support the guy and give him a fair opportunity to be a success. And with that, let's go to the 845. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, how you doing? Hey, Greg. what's up, Greg? How you, how you doing tonight? I'm great. Happy New Year. Same to you. Same to you. All right. I want to start by saying I want to thank Mark Rick for a lot of things that he did for the university. And he walked away from $20 million. We could have milked the university for the money, and he didn't. 
Um, I also want to say that a lot of people on these message boards attack this guy for his religion. I think it's totally bullcrap. Well, that's over. I I agree with you. I agree with you. We tried to nip it in the bud the other day, and and now that's done. That's not happening anymore. You know, Mark Ricks, he he resigned. He's gone. There's nobody going to attack him for his religion. And I feel comfortable saying I don't think anybody's attacking Manny Diaz for his religion. So uh, hopefully we're past that. Right. Nobody was attacking his religion when we won 15 straight games. Totally agree. All right. Um, Did... Was Larry Fedora hired by Temple? Don't know. I haven't seen that officially. All right. So, who are the three guys? Do you think a third guy besides Applewhite and Fedora? You know, I don't know. It's a it's a wide open canvas. But you know, yeah, I don't know everybody that Manny Diaz knows. I, you know, I have no idea. But the, the one thing I will say is that I'm not sure Larry Fedora has really been a serious candidate for this job and, you know, maybe he'll be hired and I, and what I'm saying right now will be proven wrong. But um, what I heard today was that, you know, he's owed $12 million from North Carolina and part of his contract in, in writing, it stipulates that if he's terminated, he must um, show a reasonable effort to try to find a new job. So North Carolina is not on the hook for the entire lump sum of money. That's why they write that in there. You know, they they don't want to fire a coach and have him just sit there and 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 go to Hawaii for for two three years or whatever. They want him to, they want him to make a legitimate effort to go find a new job. So that language was in his contract, and his agent just happens to be Manny Diaz's agent. <laughs> so um, you know, I'm not sh- I'm not sure that that that's not what's go- was what was going on. I, I got to believe Larry that Larry really wants to be a head coach. He's been a head coach, I think 10 years or something like that. Um, it, it, you know, it, it, it would be kind of strange for him to come to Miami and work under Manny Diaz. I would think after being a head coach for so long, um, but, but we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, there, there was that rumor going around earlier that he might go to temple. Uh, so we'll see. By the way, did we have the two shortest national searches in history of college football between the defensive coordinator and uh, with Mark Rick and uh, Blake James said was kind of a national search? Yeah, and and, and 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 you know what? If if Manny Diaz wasn't showing up the way he's showing up, I would be the first one to be sitting here ripping it. Like there's no tomorrow because it's not good business. It's like, you know, what if, and I'll just throw out a crazy hypothetical. What if Nick Saban wanted to come to Miami? (laughs) You know, what if, what if he, what if he feels like he's lived in Tuscaloosa long enough and he would be interested in the Miami job? I mean, Jimbo Fisher left Florida state for Texas A&M. I mean, these guys, these guys move around all the time. And you know, the typical way of doing business is you see, you, you sit back for a couple days and see a who's interested in a job, and b who the people that vet these things are telling you you should take a look at. And you know, I asked Blake James in the press conference on Sunday afternoon, "Are you going to hire a search firm?" And he didn't answer. And I asked him the question again, "Are you going to hire a search firm?" And he didn't answer again. And that put my radar up. Um, and you know, that told me. 
that there's not going to be a national search. And I saw this thing isolated on two candidates. One was Manny Diaz. The other one was Mario Cristobal. And um, Cristobal received a few phone calls from a few trustees and, and things like that. But Blake James never really said – never really took him seriously and there was some conversation about a new year's day interview but that quickly went by the wayside um because blake james pulled the trigger and hired manny and you know that that's not the traditional way of doing business and like i said if manny diaz didn't show up the way he has shown up and just absolutely reeking of a guy that deserves an opportunity to do this um i'd be saying like what the heck is going on with the athletic director you know um but I think you got to see how it plays out, Greg. You, you know, you, it, this is going to be something that, we, that we're going to be sitting here two, three years from now discussing, and it's either going to be, man, that you know that that move worked out pretty well, or you're going to be sitting there saying Blake James screwed this thing up again. He never should have hired an inexperienced head coach, a guy. The University of Miami never again, after being burned by Larry Cloker and Randy Shannon, never again they should have learned their lesson. Never should have hired a, a guy that wasn't a proven head coach. That's what you're going to be sitting here saying in two, three years if it doesn't work out. If it does, Blake looks like you know looks like a genius. All right. Now, who's our go-to recruiter in South Florida right now? We don't have one. Manny well, you Diaz got, is not a good recruiter. He hasn't been. No. As an assistant coach, he was not a great recruiter. As a defensive coordinator, he was not a great recruiter. I mean, you're being, you're right. Let's be honest. Uh, a lot of very good defensive players did not come to the University of Miami the last couple of years. You know, they're starting at Alabama and Georgia. And so you're absolutely right. And he has to prove himself as a recruiter and um, as, as a recruiter, as a head coach. And it's going to be interesting to watch how that evolves. Um, people that know Manny think he can do it. Uh, I've had that conversation with, with several people. They think that he can evolve and become a good head coach recruiter. Um, but that's certainly something he's going to have to prove. Now, who's going to recruit South Florida? You still have Ephraim Banda, who's been doing a lot of it. He's still on the staff. I don't know that he's going to be the defensive coordinator or not. Manny suggested today that he might uh, alter Mark Rick's plan for his two young guys on the staff that are have kind of been his protégés. But he might recognize, you know what, it's a, it was a little bit of a rush. You know, those guys aren't ready to have sole responsibility for the defense. And uh, he has one – staff opening on defense and he might bring in a guy that is the is the de facto defensive coordinator and have Banda and Patkey working underneath that guy and uh, that's the way it looks like it's going and I think it's smart you know I, I love Banda and Patkey but uh, I don't know that they should have been elevated the defensive coordinator I mean that you know I that was a shocking shocking move by Mark Richt and uh so that that's what I expect to happen. But in terms of recruiting South Florida, you, you know, you've still got Banda there. You you, you still got the recruiting uh, crew. Um, David Cooney, who is a guy that uh, was a coach at Southridge. He came in as an offensive quality control assistant. And there's been some talk that he might slide over to the recruiting team. Uh, you still have George Baez in the building, who's done a lot you know, work on social media and recruiting with, with some of the players. So um, 
it's not an empty cupboard in that regard. And I and then I got to believe that some of the guys they hire on offense will also recruit Dade County and Broward County and Palm Beach. Yeah, well, what's the latest on Stevenson and Vogel? What do you think? What do you what do you think? Don't know. I mean, if I if you force me to make a bet, I'm not doing. I'm getting out of the percentage business, Greg. I, I all I do, that. all I do is every time I give a percentage, I get burned. So I'm not going to give a percentage. But if I had to make a bet right now, um, I would say Tyreek Stevenson goes to Georgia and Bogle comes to Miami. Um, right. However, however, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me if, if both came to Miami. It really wouldn't. I mean, I, I was with Tyreek on signing day. I went down to Southridge, and I don't know if you saw the interview we did, but uh, I saw a kid that's very torn. You know, he was very torn. He came to school that day planning to announce where he was going, and he just couldn't do it. He had the hats and everything, and, you know, there was so much speculation that he wasn't going to do it. And uh, he told me he was going to do it. He was going to surprise everybody and do it. And he couldn't, just couldn't, he couldn't bring himself to do it. So uh, what I do know is the reports that he has signed already are not accurate. He has not signed with Miami. He has not signed with Georgia. His plan is to announce Saturday during the All-Star game. And then the next week, show up at the school where he's going and, and enroll. And, and that's, the, uh, uh, that's the current plan. And we'll see what happens. You know, Bogle? Bogle, the first time I talked to Bogle, all he talked about was Miami. This was a couple years ago. And what I have found is that things, you know, things that get crazy, they, you know, the, there's the recruiting, the fog of war and all that. But at the end of the day, when push comes to shove at the end and they got to make a decision, kids usually go where their heart was to begin with. And, uh, you know, that's why if I had to make a bet, it would be Bogle comes to Miami. Um, but we'll see Saturday. All right, one last thing. What about a transfer quarterback? Well, we have to get somebody. That, have that to get somebody? That was the worst exhibition of quarterbacking I've ever seen in pro college football against Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean, that was just uh, utterly disgraceful. Greg, assuming that Jaron Williams stays in the program, and I'm not going to even talk about Nikozi right now because Nikozi's got to get his act together before any of us, in my opinion, discuss – him seriously as a candidate to be the quarterback going forward. Um, Jaron Williams, he's got to grow up. Okay, he's got to he's got to get his act together. He's got to start doing the right things. He's got to grow up. The best thing that can happen for Jaron Williams would be for one of these older grad transfer quarterbacks, whether it's the uh, Tyree Jackson kid at Buffalo, whether it's the Steve Buke. Bu- I don't know how you pronounce it, Bukli or whatever, kid at Bouchel, Texas. Bouchel. Bouchel, sorry, yeah, sorry, it's Bouchel. Yeah, but my my bad. But it doesn't matter. Like, regardless of who it ends up being, the best thing that can happen for Jaron Williams is an older guy who prepares the right way, who studies film, who knows the game plan, um, who's a leader on the team. The best thing that could happen for Jaron Williams is to have a guy like that that shows him the way. And I think it'll, it'll accelerate his development, and, and then he will be prepared to compete to be the next guy if that guy gets hurt or to be the quarterback in, in, in 2020. 
and um, that's the way I see it. So I think they badly need to get one of these guys. I think they're going to recruit them with great earnest. Um, I really, I've watched a lot of film on, on Tyree Jackson at Buffalo. I really like what I see. Uh, I, I don't know that he's going to walk in and you're going to win a national title with him, right? You know, necessarily next year, but he will make this team much better. He is good enough and uh, he is better than anything that's on the roster. Um, and, you know, I mean, the, the, the kid at Texas, he did some nice things, you know, when he played and might have some potential in that regard as well. But uh, I think either one of those guys would step foot on campus day one and be by far the best quarterback on campus. I, I think I think that position is a mess right now. Um, I think they're essentially starting over. I don't know what Cade Weldon's going to do now that Mark Rick's not there anymore. He may decide to leave. Um, obviously, Rozier is gone. God knows what's going to happen with Perry. I mean, they're in trouble at quarterback. I mean, let's be honest. But if they could bring one of these guys in, Greg, and keep them healthy, um, that would kind of bridge the gap a little bit. Then they can recruit a few other guys in recruiting next year. By the way, the the writing was on the wall with Mark Rick when his nephew didn't even come to Miami. He had to know something was up. And I think you put Mark Rick over the edge on after that game the other night with that question. He looked like he was so puzzled he couldn't even answer the question. I knew he was going to leave right then and there. But well, that's why the next day, Greg, I wrote a column saying that before Mark Rick could worry about who's going to be calling the plays next year, he had to sit down with Mark Rick and, and make a decision on how much he had left in the tank. And that's clearly what he did um, overnight yeah. on Saturday. Um, and then Sunday morning, he called Blake James and said, I'm retiring. And I, and I wasn't surprised. You know, I, I really felt like it, it could go either way, but he looked like, he looked like a shot fighter at, yeah. at the, at, in New York. And I mean, any coach would probably feel that way after a loss like that, where his team was embarrassed to that degree. But, but uh, that had to be a very wounding three hours for Mark Rick to have his team show up for that bowl game. So ill-prepared and perform so poorly. And uh, I think initially his, he, you know, he's a competitive guy. I think his, his initial instinct was to stick it out and battle it out. But I think he was told in, no uncertain terms that he was going to have to replace his son, that anything else was out of the question. And I think that he couldn't stomach it the more he thought about it overnight. And as a father, I can totally relate to that. I, I, I mean, I couldn't fire one of my kids. I, I don't know that I would ever have one of them working for me in that situation, but I certainly couldn't fire one of my kids. So uh, yeah, I think it's best for everybody what he did, Greg. I, I really do. I think it's All best right. for him. It's best for him to, to, to just get the load off his back. And I think it's best for the university because they didn't have to fire him. They didn't have to go through another year or two years like the one, the last one was, and the next one would have been, and now they can move on. And uh, hopefully Manny Diaz is, is, is the guy to, to change it. All right, Gary. Thank you. I appreciate it. Greg, thanks as always for being part of the show. Have a great night. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633 is the number. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out now to the 973. You're live on Sport Live. Gary, 
Gary. Gary. <laughs> What's up, Ross? You know, every time I every time I see that commercial on television and they play it a lot, I think of you. <laughs> yeah, the guy in the back of the cab, right? My man in yep. the back of the cab. It's a great commercial. Gary. But... Gary. Gary. The, the 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 funny thing though is I I hadn't when you started doing that I hadn't seen that commercial yet. <laughs> And, and and then and then when I saw the commercial, when I was just I can't remember what I was watching, but the commercial came on TV. I think I was laughing for like five minutes because <laughs> I realized where hey, where it came from, you know. So, yeah. But anyway, listen, what's man. up, Ross? What do you think? You happy with this Manny Diaz hire? Happy New Year to you, man. Yeah, Happy New Year to you too. Hopefully, hopefully, but, are you, but are you happy? Listen, Are you happy? Hopefully you don't cut me. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm happy. Hopefully you don't cut me off. I'm not like all these other guys that's talking about why did the, why did the hire was made so quick. You know why it was made so quick? Because um, old boy over there in Oregon wanted an eight million, ten million dollar type buyout. We can't afford that. We don't want to afford Wrong. that. But anyway. Wrong. Um, the buyout was covered. Hey. The buyout was covered. The buyout was going to be but, covered by some of the football alumni, and I'm not going to name names. The well, buyout was covered. Keep going, let's see, let's, let's see if Mr. F everything say the same thing that you say. If I take his word, you know. But let's, you know, but, but check this out. You know, Gary, you you kind of owe, you owe me money. You owe me nine ninety five dollars and fifty five cents. You told me to go to the game. Did you go? No, I didn't go. You said I was close to that night. I told you I was not going, Gary. I ended up getting tickets and all, but I gave them away. As soon as I found out Rosario was starting, I gave it away, Gary. Gave it away. <laughs> was not messing with that nonsense. I was not messing with that because I knew what was going to happen. And, you know, I thought about you right away. I said, oh, my God, I'm going to have to get on Gary because you've been, you know, you've been in Rosier back. But anyway, let's move forward. Um, the word on the street is that the defensive, the defensive corner has been hired. That's the word on the street. It's a done deal. Yeah. Yeah, the guy from Louisiana Tech. Blake. Blake. Blake yeah. Blake, that's some, something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he he, he was he was he was the rumored guy, but I have not heard that it's final. It's it's I heard it's done. That's the word as of right now. It's done. If it's not, mm-hmm. I'm hearing that it's done. I would love to. Get you're you're hearing you're court. hearing where where that it's done. Trust me, Gary. It's a, it's. That's oh, okay. It's on, fo- it, it, no, it's on it's on fo- it's on football scoop. It's on football scoop. But right not now. only that, it's, not only but it's trust me, it's done. It's done. No, you the, saw it on also, football scoop, and football, no, scoop, is, football is, scoop is 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 fed by the agents, and it's usually pretty accurate. Yeah. I didn't. Okay, I didn't see it on football scoop. I got my guy. Well, <laughs> but listen, well who's listen, your guy? Listen, Gary, we talk about this all the time. I got. All right. Well, let's guys. tell you everybody what, I, what we're talking about. Time out, Ross. All right, Blake Baker. Okay. He's 32 years old. He's the defense coordinator at Louisiana Tech. Um, has been considered a, a up and coming guy in the coaching ranks, and a guy that Manny Diaz worked with back in uh, when he was at Louisiana Tech. I'm pretty sure that's where it was. And um, after Manny left to go back to Mississippi State, um, Baker became the defensive coordinator at Louisiana Tech. So that's how they know each other. They also were on the staff. At Texas, I believe it was 2011 when Manny I served think he's as 36 years old or 38 years yeah. old. He's pretty young, but that's good. Yeah, he's young. I I, I said 32. Uh, I'll have to look it up. I I remembered him as being like 32, but maybe he's 34, 35. I don't know. But he's in his 30s for sure. Early yeah. his, his early 30s and um, yeah. a, a well thought of young guy. And uh, I think Manny was looking to bring in a guy with coordinator experience to to work with, in tandem with Banda and Patkey. 
Uh, like I said a few minutes ago, it's a great move to to not you know put that burden on those guys at this stage of their career. They've never done it. Um, this is a guy that's done it. Manny doesn't want to have to call the defense himself, but now he'll have three guys that um, that he can work in, with, that he knows, that he trusts, that he feels comfortable with to to, to run the defense. So uh, you know, I think it's a good hire. You know, the guy knows Manny's system, knows the defense, knows what Manny wants, and I think he'll fit in well with the other young guys. They have they have a young staff, a, you know, a young energetic staff and i think that's what they're what they're looking for so um yeah and that's blake important because you want that no i was just gonna say blake baker if the deal got done i think it's a very good hire yeah here's the thing he's an energy guy like you're saying we want energy guys um manny's energy guy he wants to be able to go hit the ground running roll up the sleeves shake the bushes do everything that you got to do to get the type of dogs that we need in here. Not everybody's going to be a dog, but we want enough dogs. Because I always said this, Gary, I always said this. When we're, when we're playing the game of football and we are Miami, we got to look like we're outfit. We didn't look like an outfit out there, Gary. We looked at disorganized. We're calling, we're calling timeout on God knows why. We have no idea what we're doing. Um, you know, I know it's not it's not the night to batch up on on, on on Mark Rick. Yeah, he got the indoor facility and all that. I thank him for that. But the one thing that he probably did more than anything, he did not keep the program hostage by forcing them to have to buy him out and all this type of stuff. I thank him for that. I thank him for that. And he also put a program in to help guys after they're done with their Miami career to get jobs. He's good at that. He's a good administrative type of guy. He's very good at that, but I think he was already – I think – remember, Gary, when he first took the job, he said he wasn't going to coach for a year or so, and then he took some calls from some guys and it kind of energized him. I was I was concerned back then, you know. So I'm not I'm not one of those guys that you all oh, Ross, you was happy. No, I told you. I didn't, I didn't like the fact that what they, what they was doing on offense by switching out offensive linemen and all that. Remember, that's one of the first calls I ever made to you ever when I called you. I started talking about the offensive line play, how they're switching out, they're making all these crazy substitutions. It was ridiculous. I think that's the first time you ever heard from me. Now, the next time, when he, this hire that he's going to make on the offensive side, I hope he gets an offensive lineman coach that'll be able to recruit and develop. I don't want half and half anymore. I don't want he's strong in one end and then he's not strong on the other side of it. You know what I'm saying? I need development and I need a recruiter that'll be able to go in the Midwest, come to Jersey, go to Virginia, go to Maryland, and stop st- sticking inside of Florida and just think that you're going to get the, the offensive ta- lineman talent out of Florida. That's nonsense. That's 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 lazy. That's lazy thinking. And it's mm-hmm. obviously they didn't do what they were supposed to do. And he came in and basically told them it's over. There's there's no room for mediocrity at Miami anymore. And all these guys were thinking about transferring and all that and leaving. Thank you. Enjoy your wherever you go. And we'll see you because things are about to change. Now, on the recruiting end, Gary, help me out with something. Help me out with something. Um, like I said, I would love to be to get the Buffalo guy. I saw the Buffalo guy, too. I really like him. The, the, the Texas guy? I'm about the quarterback? I like the quarterback yeah. a lot. I, I love like him the a lot. Buffalo quarterback. I'll give, you a little, I'll give you a little insight, though. His, his head, the, the guy that's the I, I have to look up his name because I can't remember it. But the guy that's the head coach at Buffalo called Manny Diaz mm-hmm. and tried to, tried to broker a package deal <laughs> with, to be the OC and, and, and bring his best offensive guys with him. And, uh, well, Manny, here Manny, it is. I'm hearing Manny, that. Manny, I'm Manny hearing that they're trying to get, I'm hearing that they're trying to get the wide receiver. From a, um, a buddy of mine, his brother told me this in a text that, 
he was, they, they might be trying to get the um, the wide receiver that he one of the wide receivers that he played with this year. Yeah, there's you been know, some talk to me, about to some me talk that would about be that. a good job. If he could get there, they're, they're, they're going to do whatever they got to do to make to, to make uh, Tyree feel comfortable coming here. I'll tell you that because he is Gary, far and away he is far and away better Ross than anything that's on the roster right now. Gary, have you watched this? Tape? Have you watched this tape? Yeah, I saw. Yeah, I love him, and it's not yeah. one of those tapes where you see certain things that you're like, ah, oh, he got away with that because of that who he's playing. Nah, he basically this year could have done that on our team and still be able to perform because of the games that we played and the team that we played against, he'd have been the best thing, one of the best things on on, on, on the field. Actually more athletic than the the, the, the the Virginia quarterback that we played. And we made him look like a superstar at times. And that's only because we was tired on defense because he kept coming at us and we stayed on the field. But anyway, let's move on from that. Um, one of the things that I really want, as far as recruiting, it's not all about always going to get in high school kids, man. It's about going into the JUCO ranks and getting these offensive linemen that because we're going to play a different type of offensive game now. So we want some guys that will be able to come in and play right away. Some of our younger guys might not be ready on the offensive line. You know, you see you got this one guy who transfers him from Tennessee talking about he's going pro. Exactly where he's – where do you think he's going? What pro is it – what pro team is going to draft him? Yeah, I don't get it, man. It, it, it's like it's one of the problems this program has right now. You You can't – have guys that are older players on your team who have no business leaving early, leave early. It, it, it just kills you. And that's, you know what he's, I think he got the, I think he got an idea that this guy is not playing around and he's going to have to probably work harder than he's probably have to work before. And he, he bolted. Uh, he's part, you know, so well, and his coach, and all his coaches got fired and he'd be starting all over. And if I, if I was him, I'd be excited. Because obviously I know that they're going to bring a high attempt offense, and I'm going to be part of it. But later for him, man, good luck to him. Hopefully he does what he's supposed to do. But, Gary, man, listen, we got on here. The last time you heard from me, I was ranting, and I had got a couple guys came on and said I sound brutal, and I was being disrespectful, and I was being too loud, and I was not being fair. I told you something. Like, I hate to use the term like he was sleeping at the wheel. He was really hurting the brand. And I, like I said, good man. But it was time for him to go. Hey man, shout out to Kane Kane, all the top guys that that listen and call. Hope they all call tonight because I want to hear everything about it. And I can't talk to some of the guys, Gary, because I'm not part of your site, man. Your site is too expensive, man. Your site is too what expensive. Are you I can't. About? I can't give a rival account, Gary, because it's, it's too expensive, baby. It's too expensive. Ross, eight dollars a month is too expensive. Hey, have Gary, you seen what? Give, have you get, seen? Excuse me. Have you seen what we do on that site every day? And it costs eight dollars. It costs eight dollars a month. Are you, look, are you are you looking at my face? You can't right go to McDonald's one day for eight dollars. <laughs> I don't we, do McDonald's. We, we, I don't do McDonald's. Well, you can't. Well, you can't go. I do Sicilian you, grill. You do Sicilian oven. <laughs> <laughs> Ross, I don't do eight. It's eight dollars a month, buddy. Eight dollars hey, a month. Gary, All right. Give me, your, I, give me your email again. Give me your email again, man. Canesport at yahoo.com. All right, man. Thank you. Listen. All right. Shout out to everybody. Happy New Year. And um, are you doing your segment tonight? Segment about what? Are you doing a segment? You got like a guy calling. You mean in with a former player? Um, no, Bruce might call in later, but uh, no, we're not doing a former player tonight. Too many I guys want to get. Him. I'd love to hear what he has to say. And I too hope, many, um, too, too many guys want to get on the show, man. You should see the board. The board's I hope lit. Everything get on. Anyway, Gary, listen. Next week or whenever you do it again, but I'm happy. I'm elated. I think this guy is going to shake all the trees, and he's going to put everybody accountable. 
from the kicker to the punter to the goddamn water guy. So All right, Ross. Okay. Hey, and, right, and, and Ross, 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 Ross. What's up? I, What's I expect up, to see you on the message board. Happy New Year, buddy. You get me join, help me out with a join, account, you know. Join join the $8, site. Dollars is expensive, you know. That's a little dick oh, in my wallet. Dude, you're ridiculous. Hey, Goodbye. Listen. Goodbye. 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 Eight dollars a month is too much. Are you kidding me? We 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 haven't raised the price in twenty years. <laughs> we're not trying to rip people off. We're 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 here to make everybody's fan experience phenomenal. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. You hit the one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. Ross mentioned it, and now I'm going to talk about it. And uh, I think you know where I'm going because uh, I want to tell you about the restaurant chain that has changed the culinary experience for thousands of Canes fans this season and that is Sicilian oven. And uh, I don't have to tell you, I mean, God, we can go get pizza anywhere. I mean, in every street corner, you got Steve's and Joe's and, and uh, Pizza Hut and Papa John's and Domino's and Little Caesars and uh, Blaze. I mean, there's, there's pizza everywhere. But there's no place quite like Sicilian oven, which has six locations throughout South Florida. At Sicilian oven... They offer a new way of dining using the best ingredients and flavor combinations mixed into a carefully designed menu. And uh, many of their recipes have been handed down from generations and generations of the DeSalvo and Garavuso families. And uh, it begins with the pizza, the classic pizzas with traditional toppings. And then it expands to specialty type pizzas. They call them gourmet and select that are far removed from anything you're going to find at any of those chains and any of those places that I was just talking about. Um, you like a lot of, everyone likes wings these days. Wings are really in. Well, Sicilian ovens, wood fired rings are marinated for 24 hours in Italian herbs and spices and served with caramelized onions. Sicilian oven also offers a wide array of specialty dishes from eggplant to mussels to fire roasted shrimp. They have soups, sandwiches, salads, pasta dishes, no matter your taste, no matter the taste of your significant other, your friends, family members, you will find something great at Sicilian Oven with those six locations throughout South Florida. There's the Plantation location at the Fountains Complex in Broward County off University Drive. There's the Aventura location right on the county line east on Biscayne Boulevard and 205th Street. There's other locations in Lighthouse Point. Coral Springs on Sample Road and 101st and in Boca Raton. And if you want a full liquor bar to go with your meal because you just want to sit there for a few hours and savor every delicious taste of their food, go to the Fort Lauderdale location on Oakland Park Boulevard just west of Bayview where they have that full liquor bar. So get on over to your nearest Sicilian oven restaurant and get ready to experience the next level in casual Italian dining. You can visit SicilianOven.com to find the nearest location to you. It's Sicilian Oven and SicilianOven.com. You'll not only love the taste, you'll taste the love. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's slide down to the 305, the home of the new head football coach of the University of Miami, Mr. Manny Diaz. You're live on Kane Sport Live. 
Hey, Gary, how are you? Hey, what's up, Adam? How you doing this week? Not good. I went to the game. I've never <laughs> been so embarrassed to go to a game in my life. You know, I, 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 in, I, I, I feel for you guys, man. New York. No, I live and work in New York, all excited that the Canes were coming. And we, and it, we, great fans came out, and we played like we didn't even want to be there. It was embarrassing. It really was. You know, you know who the cane freak is. You ever, you probably seen him on TV. He wears that crazy uh, devil mask or whatever the heck it is, yeah. um, and dresses up and all that garb. He gets on yeah. TV almost every, almost every game. So the cane yeah. freak, he lives in Tampa. Okay, mm-hmm. he drove 23 hours to get to Yankee Stadium for that game. 23 hours, okay? He gets there, checks into a hotel across the street, uh, puts on all his stuff, and goes to, goes to go do his thing at the game. They wouldn't let him in Yankee, they wouldn't let him in Yankee Stadium in his costume, okay? So that, oh, was, that, that was that, this, this, this is after driving 23 hours, okay? They wouldn't let him in Yankee Stadium with his costume. Goes back across the street to his room, Changes out, puts his clothes on, gets into the game in time for kickoff, and was treated to that yeah. mess. So I'm leaving Yankee yeah, Stadium. Uh, I would say I'd say it's about an hour after the final whistle, and I see this mm-hmm. guy just walking aimlessly on the streets there in the Bronx. You know, he's just yeah. he's just like walk, he's walking around in circles, and he 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 spotted me, and he came running up, and and. Yeah. And in, you know, reintroduced himself. I'd met him before, but um, the guy was like in such a state of depression over what he had seen in that game. And then Adam, he was looking at another three-hour drive in the morning back to Tampa. Yeah. No. Forty-six hours he drove to go to that game, and that's what he saw. Embarrassing. Yeah. We played like we didn't even want to be there. It was embarrassing. We we had quarterbacks who couldn't even complete a pass. Well, I mean, I, I I'll say this: even when things are good, even when yeah. things are good, Adam, Florida kids, and you can look back yeah. through the history, Florida kids don't show up for meaningless bowl games. <laughs> they just don't. I mean, Florida, it, it, it's it's like if if they don't have something, if they're not on a mission. Yeah. If they're not feeling that like something they're playing for, like whether it's it's respect, climbing up the ladder, you know, Florida found it and handed it to Michigan. But okay. did you see Georgia yeah. last night against Texas? Yeah, now they, those they those, like those are those are Georgia kids, but that's another example yeah. of a team that had nothing to play for. Like they were disappointed, they didn't make the playoffs. They lost to Alabama. They didn't win the SEC. Yeah, they they had nothing to play for against Texas. They're probably partying their butts yeah. off all week on Bourbon Street, and they got killed. You know, it happens. Yeah. But, but this was no, a little but bit. You would like to at least over the play top. for pride. Yeah. No doubt. A um, couple of uh, questions. Um, w- one, when do you think Manny Diaz will have his staff in place? He's moving. He's moving pretty quickly. He seemed, he seemed to suggest that the offensive coordinator might take take a few more days. He'll certainly have okay. it by uh, a week from now when they go back on the road recruiting. Okay. okay. But it, well, it, it, it sounds like he just finished uh, yeah. the deal with his with his defensive coordinator well, while we while we've been doing the show here. Yeah. And well, that's no, so that's that seemed, that's on, done. 
Yeah, I saw that on 24-7 Sports. Andrew Ivins said that, according to sources, Baker agreed. And he looked yeah. like a good coach. And interestingly enough, I didn't know this, Baker was supposed to go to Temple and be the D.C. there. For Manny, so, yeah. Yeah, for Manny. Yep. And I think the Fedora to Temple, from everything I've heard, is a rumor. Temple's going again for another defensive coach. Yeah, I don't that think – that doesn't sound like a big enough job for Fedora. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Fedora, should, he should be able to do better than Temple. Yeah, I think Temple's going to go after Farah Brown, the guy that Manny had hired as their co-DC DB coach. But if, if Fedora can't get a head coaching job, maybe he does come to Miami for a year or two. Yeah. Well, that's you know, the you rumor know. that I've heard that it would be Fedora. And then I also read Navarro, Manny Navarro in The Athletic that he would also bring along Kepelovic as the OL coach. So it would be like Manny yeah, but I don't think I don't think Manny I don't think Manny's looking to do those those deals like that if he can avoid it. Oh, uh, okay. Because what happens if the guy what happens if 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 he does that and Fedora leaves after a year for a head coaching job and then takes 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 his, takes his guy with him? Now you've just wasted a year. Like you you know that doesn't help you build your program. You want coaches that are good coaches that are going to be in place. You don't want to have to keep reinventing the wheel every year. Okay. Um, you uh, and one of my other questions, and again, um, thank you, Mark Rick, for three wonderful years or two wonderful years and an up and down year. Did you get a sense when you were talking to him uh, either during the year or uh, after the pinstripe bowl, obviously, that this was it? Uh, because I didn't get on till later. I always felt, and I started writing about this in October. That the decision uh, to replace his son and demote or fire his son was going to be a potential game changer for him. Uh, I I knew that that wasn't going to fly with him. And I also felt like at midseason that it was going to come to a head and things only got worse by the end of the year. So, uh, no, I'm not surprised. I mean, you you never know that he's going to do that until he does it. But did I feel it was a live possibility that it might come yeah. to that? Uh, yeah. And also, what a week for Miami football. Rick and Gaze fired, I think, on the same day. I don't think I've ever remembered that in the history of Miami football. Well, Miami, the, the Hurricanes were stealing all the headlines, so I think the Dolphins felt yeah. like they better do they better do something quick. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, um, another quarterback I have a question about is what about like Brandon Wimbush or um, there's a guy out in SMU that's getting a lot of hype, Ben somebody. Ben Hicks, I think maybe his name is, um, out of SMU, who's also a grad transfer. Or even Mm -hmm. if Jalen Hurts comes available. Yep, I mean, I I think he'll become available. I I don't know that he's going to come to Miami. But I do think he'll become available. Um, ben Hicks is on that grad transfer list. He is going to transfer. Yeah. Um, I, I think these other guys are better than him. Uh, okay. But, but uh, you know, I, I, I think that if they go that deep, maybe they'll get to him. But I, I got to believe these other guys are ahead of him on the on the pecking list. I know the guy from Buffalo is. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, we'll just see what happens. 
Okay. Also, I mean, I understand why Homer went pro because the shelf life of a running back is short enough in the NFL. So that fair, fair, that. fair enough, Adam, but let me ask you a question. If Travis Homer was at, let's say, Alabama, would he even get on the field? Uh, probably not, but I've seen Alabama backups and second strings go pro after their uh, junior year. Wasn't but my point is, one of the one of the problems this program has is these type of kids need to yeah. stay, man. It's like it, it, it really weakens you when you know a Mark Walton leaves early. I mean, I haven't looked it up, but what did what did Mark Walton like? What did he accomplish this year in the National Football League? I think he was injured the entire year. I actually right. think he was on IR all year with Cincinnati. But my point is, a Bowyer, I didn't even. Why is he going pro? He has no business going pro. But I am happy that both Quarterman and Pinkney more so said, you know what? We came in together. We're leaving together. I think that took a lot of maturity on both of their parts. Because I think Quarterman would have been a day two pick. What do you think? Well- Less so, Pinkney. Yeah, he would have been. Pinkney oh, they absolutely – they had a – yeah, the, the smart move was for them to come back. But I'm looking – Mark Walton this year had 14 carries for 34 yards. Oh, oh okay. okay. I thought he was on IR. He might have been. He might have been. I have, I, I'd have to go back and look. But, I mean, I, I know he didn't do anything that would suggest that he should have been in the National Football League. I know that. So. Okay. Even in the but exhibition we'll season. Get... I mean, did you see what he was doing in the exhibition season? Absolutely nothing. No. No. But, but he he was not he was not on IR though Adam he was not on IR because oh. he was playing in December he he played in December oh, okay. so yeah oh I thought honestly I thought he was on IR I'm sorry but he might have uh, been but, hurt um, but a couple other um, points and then I'll uh, let you get to it um, are there any recruits that we don't know of like who might surprise late like T J Jones or um, or any surprise recruits who um, we should be aware of? Yeah, I don't know that T.J. Jones would be a surprise. They've they've been recruiting them all along, but uh, it's it's uh, open slate on recruiting. You're gonna have new coaches coming in that might have guys that they can bring to the table that they've been recruiting. Uh, so I, I think I think you're hitting the reset button a little bit right now. You're gonna you're gonna be looking at grad transfers. Uh, they're going to sit down. Once they have the staff together, Adam, they're going to sit down. They're going to completely evaluate the roster, what they have at every position, and then they're going to reprioritize recruiting. And uh, two more things. One, is Lewis, is Lewis Headley still coming to Miami? Because yes. we desperately need a punter. Well, so you know what? Honor. He has not signed yet, so I, I shouldn't say yes. So definitively, I think he's still coming. Uh, he was recruited by Todd Hartley, who's no longer well, on the staff. Yeah. And I don't believe he's, he has signed see. yet. So I shouldn't, I probably shouldn't say yes so definitively. Okay. Well, I didn't know if Miami was going to honor the scholarship because he, what, he didn't sign. And um, we definitely need a punter. But um, last point, there's a coach, um, I think his name is Alex Pond or Frank Pond, something yep. Pond. He's at Louisville. Is, yep. is, there, is there any truth to the rumor? And I know he's from Miami, Coach. I hope not. I, I hope not because I – Miami High School. 
Yeah, I hope I not. Know. I think I think Manny needs to do better than that. This is a big hire, man. Oh, not for offensive coordinator. I just meant for a position coach. Oh, oh for I don't know. I don't know if if he if he would if, why I mean isn't he a coordinator at Louisville? No, he's the QB's coach. He was the coordinator at App State last year. Okay, um, but so they just made him the QB coach at Louisville. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you know, maybe yeah. maybe Manny brings him in as a position oh, coach. And, but I certainly, I certainly hope he doesn't bring him in as a coordinator. Yeah, and the other just, rumor: Did you hear of um, Manny bringing in? And I heard this a couple. I think at um, Kane's insight um, of Jawan Sedler or Stiedler out of Penn State coming in as running back coach. Have you heard anything about that or no? No. I mean, I'm, I've heard all the rumors uh, just, like you, just like you have. People are throwing out names all over the place. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not saying it's done. I just wanted to know if there was any Yeah, well, I mean, people are throwing out names everywhere. You know, you, every, one of, every one of the names being thrown about can't be accurate, you know. And the coaches that Manny's talking to aren't going to admit they're talking to him. So, uh, yeah, I mean. You know, and, and, we're cer- and, we're, and we're certainly not going to call every single one of them, so. No, the only one, and the last um, coach, and then I'll get off. Um, have you heard anything about Major Applewhite? Because I know he and Manny coach together. He's a former head coach at Houston, coached under Nick Saban, coached with Manny. Yep. And it yep. Seems no, like I know who he is. I, I, you know, I put him in the same category as Fedora uh, in that, you know, he probably has bigger designs for himself. Oh, uh, okay. But – but we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Manny's many Manny said he has three candidates that are that are that he feels are very good candidates. Well, after hearing the press conference I, I, today, I trust Manny. You have to have faith in him. Yeah, and Apple Apple White would be great. Fedora would probably okay. be great. Either one of those guys would be great if he could talk them into coming. Okay. But they may and have bigger Manny, bigger designs. And last thing, he's retained the entire defensive staff and added Brown, right? He's not letting go of, like, Rumpf or Simpson? N- nope. I believe they're all coming back. Oh, okay. Thanks, Gary. Happy all right, to Adam. see you and your family, and have a great show. You, you got it. Thank you. Thanks for calling in, as always. 563-999-3633. 563-999-3633. I'm getting pounded by everything 305. He's desperately trying to get a Get in the queue, and I don't know. He's having some type of technical issues or something, but uh, he's out there somewhere trying to get in so he could uh, enlighten everybody with his thoughts on the Manny Diaz hire and everything else in his very uh, special, traditional way. So we'll see what happens here as we go forward. But right now, let's go to the two four zero. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? This is D Black. Hey, what's up, D Black? How you doing tonight? Um, I'm good, man. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? You know, you and I have been corresponding through emails, and the last email I sent you, if you remember when I said, just laid it out, and I was like, the best thing for Mark Rick to do would be to bow out gracefully. Mm-hmm. And he did. And I and he did. And I give him, I give him, I give him, you know, mad respect for that and respect for what he did as far as the program and the facilities and things of that nature. I, I appreciate that. But the product he put on the field as far as offense – was totally, totally an embarrassment to, to Miami football. We all know that. So I'm not really going to harp on that. Um, you know, my hero, my hero, which is, you know, my father, which is, you know, no longer living, he's always told me, a person always respects a person that 
shoot straight. That's Ace's mind and never sugarcoats anything because you always know where that person stands. So you will, you can always respect, you can always respect the man that speaks his mind. Manny Diaz is gaining the respect of the fan base because he sat up there on that podium today and he didn't cut corners and he didn't sugarcoat anything. He gave it to you straight with no tracer what was wrong with the program and what needs to be fixed. He didn't, being raised by a politician, he didn't, he didn't get up there and speak like a politician, you know? He got up there speaking like a person who was talking to a politician who, and what they want to see done if this person is elected. You know what I'm saying? He spoke like in a reverse role. And mm-hmm. everything, he, everything he said made 100%, 100% sense, everything. You know, yeah, he absolutely did. I mean, I, I thought I thought he said every all the right things, and he he, he said them the right way. And uh, before you continue, I'm going to throw out there that there are unconfirmed rumors at the moment that he might be concluding a deal with uh, Major Applewhite as soon as tonight, which would be very interesting. And it's wild because I know somebody put on the board about Thomas Brown being a snake, right? Now, yeah, I don't know where I that came my, from. But, but hold on, but I have. I have my connect up here. He's a running back coach for a prominent high school in this area that Miami recruits out of. And I know him. And he told me this a couple years ago that Thomas Brown was a, a shaky guy. He was a shaky guy. Now, this is a guy who deals with him on the regular. Text messages, phone calls. About but what's that mean? What's that mean? Like, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you're, means, you're coaching running backs at the University of Miami. What's a shaky guy? Like, I never saw I mean, you shaky I mean, about I mean, Thomas I mean, Brown. A, 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 a snake. I mean, you know, somebody that can't be trusted, Gary. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure you ran into those individuals in the media or just in, just in your life period. Some guys you just, you just can't trust. You know what I'm saying? Some guys you won't turn your back on. So I forgot who posted that on the board, but I've heard the same thing. But that's neither here nor there. I'm never. I'm not gonna bash the man. He developed the running back. You know, he developed the running back. Um, I wish Travis Homer would have stayed because I think whoever's gonna be this new offensive coordinator will get these running backs the ball. Um, not only is the offensive coordinator position one of the most important, the strength of conditioning program is a must also. And if you remember, if you can, if you remember Gary, if you could just think back. Just think about some of our just some of our past D linemen in their bodies. The only D tackle that I can remember, and I've watched a lot of linemen football, I've been a fan since around '84, was this Warfer who only was one of the only ones who had a major big midsection because he was big. But if you look at stats, his midsection wasn't big. If you look at a lot of our D tackles, they look like they were in shape. They were they can run. They were horses. We need to get that. We we need to get that back. Like, you look at Nestor Severa, he has to transform his body. Too much baby fat. Needs to get that in control. Needs to get that worked out. And Uki mentioned it also that he felt Gus wasn't doing a great job. And what happened today in the press conference or when he when you spoke to uh, Manny, what did he say? Some of the players came to him and said, I feel we, wasn't, we, we haven't been working as hard as we should be. Or the strength and conditioning program was a little lax this year. And what the many say, when that's coming from the players, then you know something's wrong. 
then you know something's You're, wrong. So Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh. So no, that's all that's, that's all I'm saying. I'm like, you know, and what he's doing is he's detoxing the program. You know, he's detoxing the program. He's getting all that waste, all that waste that's that was in our system and he and part of my friend, he's shitting it out. A clean slate, detoxing. Get rid of everything. Now we starting fresh. Like you said, when them when them young men come back to school in a week in a week or so, it's gonna be a totally new program. Everybody has a clean slate, but just know you're gonna work hard, and maybe there will be no more. Uh, as you used to say, um, Gary, um, what you used to call it? Picnics at practice, cookouts at practice, so to speak. Lack of days mm-hmm. ones versus the twos. Maybe we're going to get back to the ones versus the ones and practice being held. And you may see some fights out there. You know, and it's just listening to Manny. Just listen to Manny. You know, I know you got a bunch of people that I'm about to get off of there. Just listen to him. He sounds like he, he came from that Jimmy Johnson tree. Even though he did it, but he's cut from that type of cloth. You know what I'm saying? He's cut from that type of cloth, that mold. Where he will come in and tell tell his team, today I'm looking for, I'm looking to take scholarship. Like mm-hmm. nothing but excellence will be accepted here, and that's and that's and that's what I got, and and I'm and I'm excited about where he's gonna move the program, and I can't wait till we play Florida first game of the season. Um, that's all I pretty much got. I don't got no nothing not negative to say tonight. I won't say negative, but nothing to bash about. I ain't even gonna talk about the game. That's a game you don't even watch the film of that. You just burn it because you know it was bad. So I'm not even going to talk about that. Oh, I am going to talk about it because I bought tickets for a couple of my peoples back home so they could go to the game because they, you know, they they never been to a football game. So I bought tickets for two of my cousins, and they told me to highlight a goal so they could go to New York, get to New York, and eat some pizza because, you know, I, I'm from Connecticut, like maybe 30 minutes from the Bronx. And I'm like, you know what? It was. <laughs> I felt bad for them, Gary. I really did. <laughs> no, it was, it was bad. I, I really did. But yeah, that's all I got. I'm, I'm hoping we can close strong with recruiting. Um, if we get Major Applewhite, fine. If we don't, that's fine. Get somebody else. Key got to get a nice offensive line coach. And who's gonna be the quarterback coach? Is that Major Applewhite? Is he gonna double down as the quarterback? I would think coach? so. I would think so. Okay. Okay. But O line coach is, is 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 crucial. And one more thing, and you can and you can put me on hold, Gary, and get the rest of these brothers on. What are you hearing as far as the wide receiver coach? If anything, all I all I know is that uh, Kevin Beard, Lamar Thomas, and David Cooney have all thrown their names in the hat. Whether he's going to hire one of those guys, I don't know. Uh, last I heard is Cooney uh, might slide from offensive analyst into the recruiting office, which would be. Also a great move for him. Um, whether Manny's going to be interested in Lamar or Kevin Beard, I do not know at this time. Yeah, that's what's up. Just keep me on hold, Gary, man. And I'm, and I'm, and I, hey, I'm behind I, I got to think if, if, major, if major Applewhite gets the job, I, I got to think that he'll have some say in, 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 in who, who comes in. But at the same time, Manny's very aware that if he goes high profile with this offensive coordinator hire, uh, that, there's the chance that guy might only be here for a year or two. And he doesn't want to load his staff up with guys that, that might leave. 
So, all right, hey, all right, one more thing. Since you said that, and I was thinking this because I was talking to a couple cats offline. All right, so say you got Major Applewhite, right? No, never mind. I'm going to email it to you, and then you'll tell me. I'll email it to you, Gary. I'll email it okay. to you. Okay. Oh, all right, keep, D-Black. Keep me on hold. Keep me on you hold. You got it, man. Thank you. Thanks, all as right. always, for being part of the show. Man, talk to you next no time. Problem. All right, 563-999-3633. It's uh, 920. The rumor mill is burning up tonight on coordinator hires. Um, We are trying to chase down um, the major Applewhite scuttlebutt that things have gotten hot with him and Manny Diaz. Uh, Nothing certainly confirmed or official as of of yet. Um, Probably a little hotter is the scuttlebutt about Blake Baker the young defensive coordinator at Louisiana Tech with a history with Manny Diaz and uh, looking like he's going to fill that last defensive coaching hole on the staff and uh, join Banda and Patkey and uh, running the defense, obviously, under Manny Diaz's supervision. He's, a, you know, he's not giving that up. There's no way. He may, he may let somebody else call, actually call most of the stuff on game day, but he's going to be on the headset. I can assure you. you. You don't do that for 20 years and uh, walk away from it. Look at Kirby Smart um, at Georgia. Watch him during a game. He may have a defensive coordinator, but uh, very much involved. All right, let's go to the 301. You're on Kane Sport Live. Gary. Yes, sir. Who's this? Hey, what's up, man? It's Aaron from Maryland. I rarely hey, call what's up? in, but... I just, I, I just, if you can give me a couple minutes, man, I just want to run some stuff down real quick. Go ahead, man. You got it. All right. I just want to, I just want to let all the fans know that we need to stop with the negativity because it's really only breeding negativity. If you want to do it on your show or amongst each other, that's cool. But running to social media like 13-year-old girls is stupid. Other teams can use it against us. But let's remember now, everybody wants to thank Rick now that he's gone. But when he came to the team, he couldn't practice really because we didn't have a full team. He left the team with Campbell, Donison, Reed, Skype, and the transfer from Butler. We couldn't get a defensive tackle. He brought in Nesta Silva. We got rid of our best recruiters in Brown, Dugans, and Hartley. I don't know why. Hartley just got Jordan and Mallory. Couldn't do better, but tight end you will die with a spread. He brought us Paradise Camp, an indoor practice facility. Uh, he gave a million of his own money, helped in the new dorms. He won a bowl game. We hadn't done that in 10 years. He beat Florida State twice. Even, even the loss to Florida State, Walton got a touchdown call back on a bad call, had targeting with a bad call. The kicker missed an extra point. Uh, people are saying he's an FSU mole. He's trying to ruin the program, talking about his religion. I mean, what religion do they want him to be? A Muslim, a devil worshiper, or atheist? What do you want? What do you think the parents want to hear? And then regardless of what he calls, uh, the players can't really figure it out. Where's the execution? Anybody who watched the game when we lost to Duke, DJ Dallas was fumbling left and right. How many drops did we have? The more football changes, the more it stays the same. you got to win on the line of scrimmage. We don't win on offense or defense on the line of scrimmage. Everybody's sipping this Manny Kool-Aid hard, but I want to ask him, did that look like the number two defense in the country? Wisconsin dog-walked our players. Some of those 
holes you could have drove a golf cart and a truck through there. Now this is the guy we're turning it over to. Everybody's so critical of the recruiting. So let me ask you, if recruits had offers from Miami, Louisiana Tech, and Temple, would you say those are good players? Because those are the coaches we're going after. That's the caliber of guys that want them. I just I, I don't understand what direction we're going. And I don't see how Manning's this good. I mean, who has he recruited? He was right there in Texas, a fertile fertile ground, I think. Big, huge state. I think the best recruiting is Florida, Texas, and California. So he's already proven he failed once. I don't see who he's brought in here and how we're this great because any real fan knows, look at the schedule we play. Yeah, we can dominate the weak teams, but what happens when we play a team our caliber? They crush us. You didn't think Wisconsin was going to run the ball? They ran it all night. They didn't fake us with anything. They didn't outcoach us. They just whipped us up front. So everybody who keeps saying, oh, man, it's down here on these South Florida fields and all this. Well, guess what? Them big country white boys whipped us, whipped us, and I hated it. I'm going to root for Manny, and you can say whatever you got to say, Gary. I love your show. I love all our fans, but come on, step up. Be like Green Bay fans. Sit there in the rain. Root for your team. Stop being like little piranhas eating each other. It's sorry, man. And start offering kids that are good right away. Don't wait for these kids to play with us. Go offer the best guys, even if they turn us down. Make the offer. All right, Gary, I'm out. Put me on hold, please. All right, wait, wait. Before you hang up, because <laughs> that was, that was man, that, that, I'll be honest, you had me mesmerized there. Um, all right, so you started out. You said don't be negative. People yeah, shouldn't if you be, neg- want to be people- negative. Be around your boys or your friends. That's cool. But when you run to social media, don't you understand? A other coach can pull this up and look at all the comments and say, "Do you want to go there?" All right, I got you. So you 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 sound like you have a lot of negative feelings. You just feel like they shouldn't be expressed on Twitter. No, not where other people can use it. And you call you call out Rick saying he's so dumb to keep doing the same thing. Well, how are we any different? You think complaining, like crying like that is going to get us somewhere? I mean, you have a show for this. But I'm just, I'm, I, I got you. So you feel, like, you, feel, you, feel like a, you feel like this show is kind of like a brotherhood. And I feel it's, like it's, all it, real kings should be brothers, and you don't turn on your brother. Stop giving the recruits who don't want to come here more love than the guys that do. My heart goes out to Jaquan Johnson, Duke Johnson, all the real players who stepped up and came here and we were nothing. So when we get back something, all the dudes again, yeah, get lost. Don't even root for us. Go on and go someplace else. All right, man. Hey, um, listen, you made a lot of really interesting points. I don't, I can't dispute a lot of what you said. I mean, you're not, you're not totally wrong for sure. And it's certainly well, something to think about. But I had to break down, break down about Al Golden and stuff. And while we make another point, you said that um, nobody should say anything about Blake James. Well, I got plenty to say about it. He needs oh, I to say that. down the coaches because Al Golden, Mark Rick, and as far as I can tell, Manny Diaz, they're all going to make the same mistake. You don't hire someone you can't fire. 
All right, well, I mean, he, he, you know, Mark Richt he was in a pickle with because he extended him back out. Mark had five years left on his right, contract. Right. But, what but what I'm saying is sit the man down. Do you want to hire your son? That's fine. Can you fire your son? Right. You're right. You're right. No you doubt. That's why, that, that's why that's people don't believe in nepotism because you're absolutely right. And when you're the head coach of a football program – and it's your job to do what's in the best interest of that program. And John Rick was clearly not performing. You're absolutely right. You know, he, he had to be replaced. And Blake James, in dictating that to Mark Rick, was 100% correct. And at the same time, I understand why Mark couldn't do it, why it was, it was better for him to just go retire. He's an honorable guy, man. What, you know, everything you said is true, but he's an yeah, honorable yeah, guy. And, 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 and if he really did that and left $20 million on the table – all I got to say for that is, wow. I'm saying, and look at how they talked about him. Look at what they did. Now, what you going to say about Manny? You're not going to say nothing? Oh, I know what people are going to say. They're going to call in after this and say, we have five turnovers in the game. Yeah, we did. But guess what? On the first drive, every single thing they did worked. And we knew they were going to do it. We knew they were going to do it. He ain't had them players ready. How, how's he got them players ready? Go ahead and watch the game. Look at how after halftime, how their jerseys look. They look like their mom just washed them. We didn't do nothing. I mean, all the guy, I mean, I love Quarterman. I love Pickney. But be honest, them fullbacks and them people, they were eating them up. I think the dude even apologized to Quarterman one time during the game. Like, I'm sorry, man. Because they were punishing them. And this is the head coach y'all want? Man, just let me say it. The guy's going to turn out to be a bum. I'm rooting for him, but I just don't understand it. I, I don't understand it. I mean, I think we should have really gave Mario a look. I know that's a popular answer everyone's going to say, but he could have brought us offensive linemen. That's what we need. Nobody's going to be good if you can't block. All right, man. Well, thanks for all your thoughts. All right. Some interesting, well, all the interesting... Canes, keep it going. All the fake canes, get out. <laughs> all right, man. Hey, hey, uh, call in again sometime. We we yeah, like yeah, we like I'm having good, some brother. fresh some fresh voices on this show. That that was you know oh, those yeah. were some uh, in, interesting Maryland. perspectives. I the canes every day, every day. So anybody that ever comes through, you're welcome. Come to my house, party, watch the game. Anybody fake, get up. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for calling in. All Have right, a great Gary, night. Thanks, man. <laughs> Have a great yeah, night. Wow, man. That was a great call. I mean, not everyone's going to like what he said, but wow. That was a great call. Uh, a lot of passion in that dude. And uh, thanks again for calling in, and I hope you do it in the future. All right, 563-999-3633. Hit the one on your keypad. If you'd like to come on the show, let's go now to the 985. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Man, you're going to follow. Let me follow that up. That was an outstanding man, call. That, like that's that a guy. tough act to follow, man. That guy is pure passion. <laughs> well, let me let me try to bottle up what he, what he was saying a little bit. Thank you. Thank you, Mark Rick. Thank you for bringing the program for what was a dumpster fire from the last guys that were here to a point where we could at least be, res- be uh, respectable and at least say we enjoy 
kind of some of the things that have gone on through your tenure, um, you know, as your as head coach of the Miami Hurricanes. Thank you for that. And also, thank you for being humble enough, humble enough to know when it was time to pass the baton and get out from the mirror and you, you realize that maybe you didn't have enough uh, uh, the desire or the, or the fire or the drive to, to really put dig in and, and take this program where it needed to go uh, in the future. So thank you for that. That's what I'll say about Mark Rick. I think the, uh, the, 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 the writing was on the wall in the Virginia game when he pulled Nicozy Perry. When he did that, to me, was the decision that rocked the year. I, that from there on, it was just it was all downhill, and um, that's that's kind of my my two cents on the, well, on the Mark Rick. You know, I, I think that was about the time that uh, Nicosi made the sex tape, I believe, and they probably really? had they probably had already found out about it. And he wasn't, you know, he was he was doing stupid stuff off the field. Uh, clearly, was not prepared mentally for that ball game, and came out and had a horrendous first quarter. And Rick pulled, you know, pulled the plug on it. Well, if that was, in fact was the case, then you know maybe that was part of the whole thing. You know, I I come on the show the week before that after the Florida State game, kind of defending him about how the whole Nicosi Ferry thing was coming along. But I felt like the Virginia game pulling him like that, and I don't know about the tape, but that kind of showed his hand that maybe he really wasn't sold on the guy like. I thought he was after the Florida State game because when you pull when you pull a redshirt freshman like that when you're on the road he's getting his first start on the road uh, that that just it, the move makes no sense you push him through you let him learn from the experience even if you lose and you build off of it you don't kill his confidence like that that move right there showed me that you know maybe the confidence in the kid wasn't there or that either that or he was just so desperate to quote unquote win now with his guy Rogier, which we all know is a joke. But uh, anyway, I, I digress. I think that's 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 the point right there that that kind of killed his whole uh, mojo, let's say. But thank mm-hmm. you for being humble enough to know when it was time to hang it up. Uh, you know, the whole John Rick thing was ridiculous. Exactly right. The caller before you don't hire somebody you can't fire. Uh, you know, and if that had anything to do with it, then, you know, he did the right thing. Thanks for not, uh, you know, bleeding our program dry from a financial standpoint. Um, and, you know, wish him all the best in his future endeavors. Now, Manny Diaz, I'm going to ride with him. Um, what I like to, I agree with the former caller again, what I like to, uh, have taken a look at Mario Cristobal. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of a guy that's on the fence about Manny. I think Manny's a guy that will be decisive. I think he's a guy that's not going to take any crap from anybody, uh, which is, which is good. Obviously a Miami guy. Um, I don't necessarily like these coordinator names that have come out. Um, major Applewhite truthfully does not excite me. Um, I like Larry Fedora a whole lot better with that. Why? Why does not Major Applewhite excite me? Because, I mean, if, correct me if I'm wrong, Gary, but he was at Texas whenever they were crap, basically. Okay. okay. Um, but he got the head job at Houston. He got the head he job at Houston. He did get the Houston. head job at Houston. He got the head job at Houston. Yes, he did. But I think we could have done better 
Um, I was screaming up and down uh, when the Larry Fedora name first came out. And I realize this has all happened very fast. But when Larry Fedora's name first came out, I was screaming for a couple of names on top of that, which would have been better. My number two guy would have been, I don't, and I don't know what he's doing right now. You can help me out. I don't know what Kevin Sumlin's up to, but I'd like to talk to him. And also, and you're probably going to think I'm crazy, but if it was going to be that type of a hire, I'd have went up to Chicago at Hallis Hall and had a conversation with Mark Elfrich, who's sitting under Matt Nagy right now, uh, kind of as this, this learning kind of guy who, has, who was under Chip Kelly, who had the job at Oregon, I think that would have been an intriguing name to bring into the mix as, as a possible OC, just to go see if he might have been interested to come. Because like you say, you never know. What if Nick Saban would have wanted to come for the head coaching job? You know, what if, you know, another big name? I know somebody had thrown out Urban Meyer whenever it first went down, which was crazy. But, uh, you know, you never know. But th- those are two names that I, I would like to take in a look at other than Major. Now, if Major gets the job, so be it. Um, like I said, I, I, I don't think we're going to have to worry about after, uh, after listening to the press conference, I don't think we're going to have to worry about Manny being a guy that won't hold his coaches accountable. So in other words, you know, he, he's not gonna, he's not going to be one of these loyalists. If somebody doesn't perform, they're out. Um, uh, and that, that's going to go up and down the staff on both sides of the ball. Um, as as far as wide receiver coach, it's time to hire Lamar Thomas. It's time to bring him in. Uh, I know he's wanted this job for forever. It's time to hire that guy. Give him a shot. And, you know, we've had the other guys here before. Um, he he needs to be the guy really to lead the charge as far as the you know the subordinates. Um, I don't know much about the other guy. Would you say his name Cooney? So that was his name. Yeah, Cooney. Cooney's a young, a young coach. He was at Southridge High School. Came in as an offensive analyst the last couple of years. A uh, really good guy. Relates well to the players. I don't know if he's going to be seasoned enough for Manny to give him a coaching spot, but uh, he did throw his name in the hat. Yeah, I, I like I like Lamar Thomas for that spot. I mean, he's been here. He's a player here. He's alumni here. Uh, he's coached you know, for a while now too. He's got a lot. He's got some coaching experience now. I mean, he unfortunately he got fired twice, but. But yeah. Well, he yeah, but he's he's been he, yeah, but he's he's seasoned now. And look, this is this is the job that he's that he's wanted. So bring him in, and we'll see we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, to say that I'm excited, yeah, of course I'm excited. I mean, it's 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 a new day. Um, but you know, we'll we'll see we'll see. I'm kind of I'm kind of fifty fifty on it. I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for Manny. Um, but we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Um, on the well, go ahead. No, I didn't say anything. No, Keep going. Okay, well, I mean, what he was trying to say about social media, <laughs> I, I get what he's saying. Stop, stop, stop throwing out the the negativity on social media. First of all, we're too old for that crap. Social media is for the kids, and the kids look at all that stuff. They te- they keep track. Uh, so do so do coaches, and so do people, personnel people in college football. Basically, what he what the guy's saying is. Uh, just leave it all out, and if you're going to trash the team, trash it. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Gary, you're showing message board as a forum for that, but that's that's us. That's between us. I mean, you throw it out there in the public, and it gets used against us. That's basically all he's saying. So, that you know, um, and I, I agree with him there. Um, for To Pinckney and Quarterman and McLeod, thank you for making the adult decision which I think was the right decision. 
uh, to come back and finish your four-year career as Miami Hurricanes. I, don't, I think we all agreed that they're not quote-unquote first-day guys. Um, to Homer and Benzel Boulware, and I don't like to bash kids, but on these points I always do. Dumbass decisions. Have no idea why they're doing it. Boulware has no business doing it. Travis Homer, they say, because of the, 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 the pounding of the position. Well, I agree with you. If he's at Alabama, he doesn't see the field. So no reason why he shouldn't come back for his fourth year. I don't get it. I don't understand why these kids keep leaving early. Um, next to Silvera, you got big shoes to fill uh, coming in for uh, Gerald Willis, who's the parton. Hope you can do a big fella, get your body in shape uh, come uh, springtime and summertime. And let's see you dominate just the way Gerald did. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, how we look coming out uh, coming out against uh, Florida. Uh, don't know a lot about the graduate transfer QBs. I hope somehow Jaron and Nicosi get their acts together and uh, stick with it and uh, come out come out better. I agree with you where, you know, it, the best thing that can happen to Jaron Williams, you're right, is an old guy, you know, an older guy come in a guy that does done it the right way, come in for a year and take over the reins. That way he'll have another year to, to, to learn from, from a guy like that, whether mm-hmm. it's uh, uh, the kid at Buffalo or who, who's the kid at Memphis? Is it Shane Bouchelle? Is that who you're talking that's, about? That's, that's Texas, yeah. He's expected Texas? to uh, He's expected to transfer, yeah. I'd rather pick him than Jalen Hurts. I think he's got a better arm. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I, you know, and um, – you know, we'll see. We'll see how it yep. goes. Um, All right, man. Thank you for being part of the show. All right. Appreciate it, Gary. Thanks. Yep. Give us a call next time. All right. Something to think about with these two coordinator. Well, uh, you know, the um, the major Applewhite, you know, that's still, I would call it still in rumor status. But uh, Blake Baker, uh, we've confirmed that one. Now and uh, 30, you know, I, I believe he's 32, has been the defense coordinator at Louisiana Tech. The one thing I really like, if both of these guys come to fruition, is it gets the Canes back into recruiting in Louisiana and in Texas. Okay, and you just think back through the years at the players that came to Coral Gables from Louisiana. Mr. Ed Reed, Mr. Reggie Wayne from Texas, you know, getting back into those states would be massive for this program. They they got to stop being totally reliant on South Florida kids. And I know South Florida is obviously always and will always be a great recruiting hotbed. But if you talk to people around the country who see kids from every region and every state, they'll tell you that Florida kids have changed. There's a lot more entitlement in this state right now, a lot more street agents, you know, things like that that are corrupting the environment and, and impacting recruiting. Um, a lot of things going on. And they will tell you that it's not a surprise that Florida State, Miami, and Florida are all down at the same time. And um, they think it's because of an over-reliance on Florida kids. And I don't know if they're right. It's an opinion. But I do believe that this program needs to be able to get back to doing 
what say an Alabama is doing. And you got to be able to go outside of your home turf and bring in six, seven, eight, nine players a year. Uh, one or two from Texas, one or two from Louisiana, one or two from the Northeast. I thought it was a great thing that they went into New York this year uh, and, 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 and made a little bit of a splash in, in New York. Uh, to me, that's a big key for the program moving forward. 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. I'm going to start getting some of those questions that were submitted on the message boards at canesport.com here in a minute. But first, let's go to the 404. You're live on Canesport Live. Hello, Gary. Doing good. Who's this? It's Oki, man. Hey, what's up, Oki? Talk to us. Shoot. You kind of stole some of my thunder because uh, that was exactly what I was going to make about a lot of the coordinators I see that he's that he's uh, picking that I think that, you know, is trying to not, you know, instead of, you know, we always want to get, we're always talking about getting coaches and coordinators that can recruit South Florida, but it's time to get outside of that and get guys that can go into other states and other places, yeah. areas. Look, other places. South Florida, you got two categories, Zuki. You got the kids that are uh, layups. They're coming to Miami no matter what. And then you got the right. kids that are, you know, into showtime. They want to go, you know, where the spotlight is right now, where they're winning, where they're playing for national titles. And in some cases, as we know, there's some funny business involved along the way. So, um, yeah, but, but let's not let's not let's not, let's not trash the South Florida kids and try to make it seem like they're. The I'm only not ones trashing any. I'm not trashing anybody. I'm just saying. Is it working? No, is it working? Not working. Is it working? Not working for us. Correct. It's not working for us at the moment. So Correct. It, I mean, to, to trash them, to trash. I didn't trash anybody. I said it's good that they're going into Louisiana and Texas. <laughs> That's not trashing no, anybody. No, 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 I said no, they're no, over reliant no. on South Florida. That's not trashing anybody. No, what I, but I'm not. I'm saying that you're trashing coaches, Gary. I'm saying don't trash. You're trashing the South Florida kids and trying to no. make it seem like these. Are, no, that like they're the only kids out here that are playing these games. And all these other and all these kids across the country that are getting that type of attention are the same damn way. Go look at the look at the Georgia Georgia players. They're all screaming and yelling about transferring and stuff like that. It's all it's it's, it's across the board. It's not just the just the Florida kids that are doing it. It's across the board that these kids got this type of so called entitlement that some people like to call it. But let's just be honest with by honest about it. It's not just because of the 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 attention that they get. It's a lot has to do with these with these coaches sell to these kids, and let's not make it seem like they're not being told a lot of stuff from these coaches. And when they get to the campus, a lot of stuff is not coming to fruition for them. Now, I didn't get on here to be negative, and I came to talk about basically, you know, how I'm happy with this with this hire. No, I wanted Mario. I wanted Mario. I'm not going to sit up here and act like I didn't want Mario. I did. But I like the, I, I like the hire. I like the hire because he's he's hiring guys. He's doing something that we have not seen in the last ten years. A coach coming here and hire guys that aren't his best friends or relatives. And um, you know the fact that he went out, you know, after having his his his, his good friends named defensive coordinators. And the fact that he demoted them and then brings in another DC speaks volumes about 
Yeah, it really does. You're right. He's trying it to speak volumes. He's trying to win. He's, he's trying to win for real. He's not, he's not here. To, you know, it's not about friendship. It's about winning, and that's what it's about. You know. And and he's and telling he's, his two proteges, I don't think you guys are ready to take this thing by yourselves right now. Exactly. How and and and, and that's kind of scary, Gary, because if he if 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 he thought thought of the to demote, you know, guys that he's that close to, and CMR was ready, willing to ride with that. That's that. I, I don't know, Gary. Well, I'm, CMR I'm, I'm, shouldn't have done that. I and I love exactly. the I love I I love both those guys. From, you know, maybe as much as Manny Diaz does. I think they are two great dudes, Patka and Banda. Okay, exactly. but but. That was a bad move, man. You, you know, it was. this is this is the University of Miami, and you don't name coordinators who have never called the game before. Exactly, and I, I like all the moves he's making. I, my my biggest move that that I that I I will hope that happens when when we if he we get that Kurt Hester guy if we get him for the Swiss conditioning program. It's time that we got a guy in there that would that bring in some type of energy. I wanted an SEC type guy, and this is the type of guy I think they're going to try to bring in. Yeah, I'm not sure yet if he's uh, the guy. I mean, I, I heard the man. He's also looking at somebody that he knew from Mich- Miss, um, Mississippi State. So we'll see. Exactly. Yeah, we'll I, see what I, happens. We, that's what we need. We need to get. We need to bring that type of blood back back to Miami, man. I like I like all the moves so far. I like, you know, the, we're going to keep the same defense, for, of course. You know, and he's trying to bring in an offensive coordinator that's, a, that's going to, to basically mirror the defense, be aggressive, fast, and play, play to our strengths, man. Make football fun again in Miami again, you know. None of this uh, same old, same old stuff trying to, trying to, trying to evolve. And, um, yeah, so that's it, man. Uh, happy right, New Year to everybody. Thanks for calling in, man. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next time. All right, let me quickly attack a few of these questions that were submitted on the message boards at canesport.com. What happened with UM and Mario? Did Blake reach out to his agent, or was Mario's buyout too much? Any information about why Blake was in a hurry and didn't want Mario? And was it always just Mario and Manny? Yes, it was always just Mario or Manny. It never really even got to Mario. Blake decided he wanted Manny, and he moved. Um, Mario did did have contact with some, I believe, with a few trustees. Jonathan Vilma might have been one of them. Um, th- there was some conversation about possibly setting up a meeting on New Year's Day, but it, it never got that far. A um, couple hours later, the deal was done with Manny. Um, Mario was told the deal was done with Manny. He very quickly turned... Um, uh, doused the fire, so to speak, that he was dealing with out at Oregon with, with their bowl game coming up and and, and all that and uh, told everybody at Oregon that he was not in the search at Miami, was not part of the mix at Miami, and uh, they were very happy to hear that at Oregon. They they love Mario at Oregon, and uh, maybe at some point down the road, Miami will get to um, to Mario. I mean, right now, you got to hope they kind of don't because you want Manny Diaz to be here and be successful forever, and Manny's the young guy. Um, but Mario, I think is going to have a lot of success in the PAC 12. Um, he's dominating recruiting out on the West coast, which is not a surprise. And I think you're going to see him continue to move forward in his career. He's going to make a lot of money at Oregon. And, uh, I know I've heard Phil Knight 
really loves him out there and is supportive of anything he needs. And uh, I would expect Oregon to be a big factor in the Pac-12 coming up here next year and in the years to come. He's, he's just getting going with recruiting. They got a top five recruiting class. Um, do did did Manny have any idea that all this would go down, or was he just laying the groundwork with Blake for th- three years down the road? I think he was laying the groundwork with Blake. Um, I think it was pretty obvious that Mark Rick was, was failing and that this job was going to come open. And uh, so, yeah, I think Manny was very much laying the groundwork with Blake as he was exiting the temple, and it clearly worked. I mean, Blake gave him the job. Um, did the temple situation force Blake's hand? I, I think it gave Blake a pretty tight timeline. If he was going to give the job to Manny Diaz, uh, I don't think he wanted Manny getting on a plane back to Philly. That would have uh, made it a little more difficult. I'm not saying the end result would have been any different. And I'm not saying that maybe he shouldn't have conducted a more complete search. And if he ended up in the same place with Manny, that's great. But uh, but all that said, yeah, I do think he felt a little bit of um, urgency to, uh, to get it done with Manny, who clearly was his one and only choice. Just how toxic was the program under Rick? Well, I think we're finding out since the pinstripe bowl, that it was pretty toxic. I, you know, I think there was a little bit of division. I don't think the offense and the defense were together. I think you started having some polar opposites. You had players talking about um, on defense, feeling a little sorry for themselves, a little bit of a victim complex because the offense was struggling and and they were having to carry so much of the load. I think there certainly uh, started to become some division on the coaching staff a little bit. I, I think, you know, in one camp you had Manny and Patkey and, and Banda and, and to a lesser extent, Rumpf and Jess. And then you had the offensive guys over there and uh, I'm not sure they interacted a lot with each other. And I think it kind of, you know, losing brings out bad things, man. There's, you can't just, when teams lose, it's very, very, very tough to avoid the bad things that comes along with it. So, um, yeah, I think it's very, very safe to say that things were getting a little toxic. And, um, you know, that's the best way I can answer that question. Uh, When did we realize that Rick was not the man for the job? Um, I know I personally started having real doubts after the LSU game. Uh, You know, you had a four-game losing streak year one. You lost the last three games at the end of last year. Um, But my alarm started to really go off when I was standing there in Dallas and saw how they showed up for the LSU game. And uh, they were outclassed by a team they should not have been outclassed by. Um, Just a horrible night. And it was definitely the beginning of the downfall of Mark Richt. You had about 25,000 Hurricane fans there that had traveled in from all over the country. You had every football, great football alumnus that this program has that made their way to Texas to support. just a great environment in that stadium and, and a, a big high profile game that everybody was excited to be back on the stage. Like, you know, Miami hadn't been on the stage for a while and uh, Blake James had the foresight to schedule that game and LSU and Dallas, Jerry's world. I mean, what a stadium, my God. And it was all just big and, and it, it just ended with such a dud. And that's when I personally started to have my doubts and, 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 you know, if someone said to me, what was the beginning of the downfall of Mark Richt? Uh, that is certainly what I think that I would I would point at. 
um, just a horrible, horrible night. All right, 563-999-3633. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 772. You're live on Kane Sport Live. All right, Gary, how you doing? Doing great. Who's this? Oh, this is Ramon. I'm a rookie Kane. Hey, what's up, Ramon? Talk to us. Yeah, um, my question about, you know, Manny as a recruiter, do you feel now that he won't be, and this is not the bash work or anything, I'm I'm not one of the guys that's going to keep doing the record bashing, but now that he won't be going on this strong Christian premise that Rick's probably been going on for three years, do you think he'll take a different approach in recruiting? Uh no, I I think that they'll take a different approach in recruiting based on who the staffers are, not having anything to do with, with religion or anything. Uh, you know, basically recruiting is 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 based around the coaches that you have on your staff and where they can be most effective. And if you have guys that can bring Louisiana and Texas into the equation, uh, that's going to change your recruiting. And I think that would be great. Right. Yeah, but I, I get what you're saying. I, I just was wondering if you know. You know, Rick's a really strict, you know, non, no-nonsense type of guy. I was just curious as to, you know, if he was you know, telling those guys, you know, you can't, you can't get too aggressive in, in certain things, how you approach the kids. No, I don't think that was a factor. Yeah. So when you, when you look at this offense and, and where it's going for the future, how, how, how aggressive do you expect him to be? Do you, you expect him to be – very, but I wouldn't define it as just. Uh, Manny made that pretty clear today that he wants to be very aggressive and and unleash athletes. But he also made very clear that you don't want to pigeonhole it and call it a spread. He, he he was absolutely right when he said it. That spread has become one of the most overused words in football. Everybody's calling everything a spread, and there's this and this type of spread and that type of spread. Um, he wants oh, yeah, a modern yeah. offense. He wants a modern, aggressive offense that features the athletes. Yeah, it's to the point where the term almost has no meaning anymore. I mean, in, in, it has no meaning football, anymore. Like, I agree. It doesn't. Yeah, it, it's how you choose to do it. Correct. What else so you got? You, anything else tonight? No, I just do you, do you expect to be more more of a a, a big body receiver, or more fast paced? I would say the same. You want to mix? I mean, I, I like big receivers. I don't I don't like small receivers. I mean, you look at Har- Harley as fast as can be. Uh, yeah. Works as hard as anybody. As good a kid, great character. He can never get open. Doesn't translate the game, dude. No, he can't get open. Yeah, it doesn't translate the game day, yeah. And it's because he's not big and ex- he's not a big and ex- explosive enough athlete. He's fast. Okay. Okay, also, uh, and, you know, a lot of people felt like our two H recruiters were, were Dugans and, and Hartley. How, how do you feel? How much, how much do you think they'll be missed? They're going to be missed. I mean, how much will depend on how good of a job the guys that are replacing them do. Are you one of those guys that believes that, you know, winning cures all L's, that if they come out and have, you know, I'm not going to set any ridiculous expectations for next year, but, you know, say they do something respectable, nine, ten wins, do you think that, that'll cure all L's about recruiting in the future? It'll help a lot, man. It'll help a lot. You know, I think you're seeing the, the top kids, they want to play for a winner. They want to be in the spotlight. They want they want to be in the big game. They want to play in the playoffs. I got you. 
Well, Gary, yep. I'm not one of those guys that really talks that long. I pretty much, you know, like to enjoy hearing everybody's point of view. So I'm going to let you get All right, man. It. Yep. Thanks for being part of it. Let's go to 917. You're on Kane Sport Live. You're on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, what's up? BK Hurricane. Hey, what's up, BK? Turn your volume down on the, on the side there. Hey, sorry about that, Gary. Can you hear me? Not, yeah, I can hear you. Go ahead. Hey, what's up, Gary? How's everything? Happy New Doing Year. Good. Happy, New, Happy New Year to you. Yeah. 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 Did you go to the game? I did. At Yankee Stadium? All right. I did. I was there. I wanted to... I was hoping I'd reach out to you, but I got this great picture of Mark Rick as he was on the bus leaving out. I live in New York, so we were waiting for the buses to roll out. I caught uh-huh. a picture of him on the bus. The look on his face, which was just sheer, he just, that he was just going to leave. Like, I was looking at my friends, and we were looking at each other like, whoa, this, I mean, this guy looked like somebody killed his dog. Like, it was, it was Well, bad. it wasn't it kind of like that? I mean, was that not the most embarrassing performance you've ever seen? It was. It was embarrassing. I mean, I embarrassed myself at the game. I was acting crazy. <laughs> I was acting crazy. I mean, crazy. I, do, I, do you realize that they could not execute a forward pass? Gary, I was right. I was. I was right. I was right there, and just to see it. Um, oh my God! It was disgusting. It was what I saw was just was just disgusting. I mean, I couldn't believe it. But you know what? It is what it is. You know, Mark Rick at the end of the day, he's a good guy, but, you know, the game just passed him by. That's all. You can't take – you really can't take anything away from the guy. It's just, you know, the game just passed him by. And, you know, and he was man enough to say, you know what, it passed me by. Let me go. You know, a lot of guys – Yeah, what's going to be interesting – what I think is going to be interesting is if if he really stays out of it. Like, what the heck is he going to do every day? I mean, think about well, it. you know, he wanted to open up a ministry, right? He wanted to open up a church, right? We'll see. Church. I hope he does. I hope he does something like that because, I mean, yeah. otherwise, like, what do you wake up and do every day? You, you know, you've been a football coach for all these years. Those guys, mm-hmm. they, they work they work 80 hours a week, you know, 100 hours a week. Now you're going to go from that to zero? How do you dial yeah, it down to that degree? I couldn't do it. That's true. Well, you know, I don't know. I don't think he plays golf. I've never heard. I've never heard of, of him grabbing a golf club. So I don't. I don't know, man. I don't. No. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see if, if he if he ends up, you know, taking like a, you know, so I mean, he could he could get jobs. They would yeah, hire yeah, him at a, at an at a, at an FIU and yeah, FAU. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean yeah, he, he's like not gonna level. he's not gonna get a Miami or Georgia right now. I don't think. But. Oh no, never, never, never. And that's a good no. comparison with Georgia because now everybody's bashing Kirby Smart because his record in the first three years is the same as Mark Rick's. <laughs> you know, like they were on him about that. I mean, it's almost identical. As a matter yeah. of fact, it is identical. It's identical with the first year, second year, third year, identical. It was it was crazy. I can't believe it, but and um, that's a whole other story. With Chadra leaving, right? It's not that big of a deal to me because the kid just underachieved this whole time here. Do you think Diaz doesn't, you know, stop certain kids from leaving now that the whole you know thing happens? Like they I think leave, anybody, well, I think somebody wants to leave, you let them go because that means they're not all in with you. And he, he made a great point today, which he's 100% spot on. He needs to clean up the culture of this football team. And well, you don't do you need guys. That... Yeah, I think I'm it was getting sorry, pretty man. bad at the end. It was. It, it definitely was. It was bad with Mark Rick. With, it was with, getting bad, with, really you know, bad with, at the uh, end. I mean, think about your, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Like, imagine those receivers. 
who practice every day, who want to make big plays. And, and what they have, they had 57 yards passing against Pittsburgh and then 43 or something in the, in the pinstripe bowl. 42 like, against Wisconsin. 42. Yeah, like, like you don't think that breeds a bad attitude? Oh, my God. Lawrence Cager was probably ready to kill himself. It does, but believe it or not, the most the, – I think the best decision he made, other than, you know, cleaning house and the offensive side, was the one I was hoping he made first and he made it was the strength and conditioning coach. Well, a, a good head – every head nice coach guy, has to – got to have your own guy in there. Right. you, you got to have your own guy. You, but to see some of the development of some of these guys, specifically Mark Pope, Mark Pope still looks like he's in the freaking 10th grade. Like, yep. the kid just looked the same way he came in. It was the same way, you know. Well, remember, he, he came in late, BK. Remember that. He well, came in you know, late but over the – But he still had six months of – Well, not really, because they get into training camp and practice every day. And... But they still list. You know, they still lift. They still work out. You know, they I still, know. still I know. I know, but the time to really get heavy into that is the off season, and he didn't have it. Yeah, That's well, that he needs to live have... in the weight room. You're absolutely right. Yeah, a lot of guys just didn't look just didn't look the part. I mean, I know looking the part is one thing, and actually going out on the field and doing it is another. But you know, I mean, I just you know, I'm just glad that 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 the team did make a positive step forward and you know hopefully Manny's the guy you know hopefully because these two hires you know these two nationwide hires only ended up being five minutes apiece you know (laughs) pretty much you know I'm exaggerating but they were only like five minutes apiece so hopefully Manny works out I think he's got it in him it's it's all about that OC hire now which is what's the most important thing because if you if we would have got any production at all from the offense, we, you, know, you know, we would have chalked up at least two or three more wins. I'm not saying we would have been undefeated, but at least two or three more wins, and which would have made it respectable. You know, we wouldn't have been, oh, man, like, you know, laughing stock at that game. We were, oh, my God, they were laughing at us, Gary. Can we blame them? Pinstripe boy, they were just laughing, laughing. Yeah, that's what I'm at saying. Do you, do you blame them for laughing? It was a joke. No, I don't blame. Them. That's over with. Let's not talk about that. That let's not talk about that. That was horrible. That was horrible. And I just wanted to say Happy New Year, and uh, I'm pretty sure your next call would probably be sometime when the summertime, maybe. Um, well, I don't know. Day, we'll right? see. Yeah, we'll see what's going on with signing day. We'll probably do some. We'll probably do a recruiting show before signing day. Yeah. All right, All right cool, BK. Cool. All right, Gary. Let's talk to you then. then from the, okay. Thanks for calling. In. Yep. Bye bye. Yep. Let's go to seven eight six. You're on Kane Sport Live. Gary, happy New Year to you, my friend. Hey, what's up? Everything you made it in. I made it in, man. A couple technical difficulties. Uh, don't know if it's on your end or my end, but. Nonetheless, I am here to enlighten all and to spread only truth and reality. <laughs> just kidding, Gary. I just wanted to say hi to everybody. Anyway, uh, you know, I made it clear to you a long time ago that CMR was the guy to take us from point A to point B. And I got attacked for it by several people. I was accused of being negative, a bunch of stuff on the boards. You go look back at everything I've told you. It all happened, except for one thing that I was definitely wrong on. CMR, the man, uh, 
I have a ton of respect for what he did to leave all that money on the table. I told you about his wife, Catherine. And I told you when he about his son, John. Go back to like the third or fourth show this year. I said, if anything ever happens, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody going to be happy. And there was no way in hell he could fire his son. So in a way, John Rick was a major blessing. And yes, CMR is a good guy because he didn't have to go ahead and, and do what he did. He was not going to fire his son. And the loyalty to his son is the reason why we are in the situation we're in today. And I think we need to be fair and honest and, and grateful because he did help this university. He left it in better hands than when he first got it. No doubt about that. But at this stage, you know, we've got a kid, a young guy who's never been a head coach. He's going to be our head coach. We've got a guy that I've been telling you for three years, all the positive, all the <clears throat> all the swag was coming off of one side of the ball. How did he was able to not just create and the coach recreated what, what he demands. So when you look at what he did in firing everybody that had connections to CMR, I thought for sure Jess Simpson would be gone too. But for some reason, that's not going to happen. He's going to keep him on board. He's going to go ahead and hold everybody accountable. And on the offensive side of the ball, you know, you're only as good as the Johnnies and Joes, Gary. I don't care if it's offense or defense. And and to lose Hartley and the Dugas, I know that hurt him the most, but he had to because he had to go ahead and make a clear distinction that everybody on the offensive side of the ball had to go, and we need to rid ourselves of that culture, okay, because that's what it was. It was a culture. You know, you guys put on film a couple of times on change for the lives. Jeff Thomas acting like an ass. And Dugan's not saying a goddamn word to him. Okay? Mm-hmm. They, you know, Jimmy Johnson used to say it best. I treat everybody the same, and that's different. Okay? But that kid didn't merit the things that he was allowed to get away with. And that, after time, that, that divides the team. And I told you after the FIU game, you got rumblings going on. You got, you got two sides coming about each other now. And everything that I said happened. So I'm not here to toot my own horn. But I am here to let you all know, I know my stuff, and I know football. I know college football. I know for 305 very well, and I know my end. So I'm, I'm, really, I'm really here to go ahead and not, you know, go ahead and, and, and take credit for everything. But I am going to go ahead and let you all know, especially y'all haters out there, okay, y'all bass out there, blind-ass fans, what the reality is. So now let's go forward. We have Manny. He's done nothing but impress all of us. That press conference today, Gary, tell me that that press conference wasn't that much different than Randy Shannon's, than Al Golden's, or CMR's. I, I said that. They're all, they're all very similar. Uh, however, that said, Manny Diaz was spectacular today. He was wonderful. And I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to differ with you. He was there. It was different today. Because he was so specific and sincere and genuine. And like one of yes. the callers said earlier, he was honest. You ain't getting the job done, you got to fucking go. We don't have fights in practice. That means you're not doing your job as a coach. We don't have guys going ahead and doing the extra. you got to go, strength coach. I don't care if you weigh 500 pounds and, and, and you can bark really loud. That guy did a nice job for, for two years. But what happens when the guy at the top gets complacent, everybody gets complacent. I don't think mm-hmm. you're ever going to have that problem with Manny. You're, you know what? You're, you're so right. 
you're so right about that. I don't agree with everything you say, but the, you hit it right on the nose. If the guy at the top is not establishing a mindset of urgency, um, every you know, day. every single every day, day. It, it, it's going to start feeding itself down the program. Now, I will say that right now, my biggest concern is who he hires on the offensive side of the ball. No doubt. That's my biggest concern right now. What do you think about Major Applewhite if if that comes to fruition? I I don't feel comfortable with Major. I think Major pretty much has been a major disappointment throughout his coaching career. He screwed everything up that he's touched. I don't like Mm -hmm. what I've seen. His his, his, listen, Lance Leopold at Buffalo grew and grew and grew. And what he didn't know, he tried to learn. What he learned, he got good at. I can give you four other names out there, college football, of great offensive minds. Major Apple is not one of those great offensive minds, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just not. I mean, I'm going to be very honest with you. Look at where his offenses were until Bryles got here this year. And when Bryles was already accepting that job at FSU the last six weeks, he didn't do nothing. You can see that. They're both in there pathetic, but they get 10 points. So we got the same issues. If he's able to hire the right guy, and the right guy to coach the offensive line, we will be fine. Is that going to happen, Gary? Because I'm right now, I'm I'm very skeptical, and that's why I've been saying for two years now, basically three years, because I was very upset that Mario didn't even get a goddamn interview. Because Blake James is a panic, is a panic punk, is what he is. He well, he's panic. afraid of Mario. He, he is. He's afraid of Mario. Well, you know what? Sometimes you got to man up and say, "Let's go, big boy. Let's get to work." Because that's a badass mofo. You know what a badass mofo is, Gary? That's when a guy walks in the room, everybody shuts the fuck up. That's Mario. Yeah. I'm just telling you what it is. They love they love him at Oregon, man. You know, you don't have to sell me on Mario. I I, I mean, I I think he's getting better every year as a coach. I don't think he's all the way there yet. Um, but you know, he is a. Oh no, no, no! He understands. He understands how to run a program, and he understands how to recruit, and he understands what he has to get do to be able to go head to head with the Nick Sabans of the world. And uh, I'm you know, he right he, he would have been a very good hire at this point in time. He, listen, and I don't want to hear anybody get on there. All the nobody, we couldn't come up with a ten million dollar buyout. It would have been negotiated. No, that wouldn't have been an issue. They, they would have. He would have. They would have had help. No, they would have had help with that. There, 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 there were former players that are tight with Mario that would have stepped up and helped out. Well, not only that, from what I'm hearing, a good friend of mine whose daughter was an All-American at Oregon, played softball here, uh, was very helpful with my granddaughters. Steve Svekas, he, he made it clear to me that Phil Knight wouldn't even hold them to it. That he, they, would, they would go ahead and they, they would do something that would have been the full 10. They would have worked something out because they knew that this is his job. This is his school. You know, right. that's what pisses me off more than anything. Blake James, in a panic, in ten, less than 10 hours, he made a decision. You know, and, and, and in terms of Manny, I like Now, him. like I said at the beginning of the show, though, all that said, and you're 100% right, you know, it's it's Manny Diaz's job now. And, and as a Hurricane fan, you need to align – you know, Manny Diaz didn't do anything today to make you feel as a fan – that you should do anything but line up 100% behind him and let him take his shot. 
I'm going to do that. But I've done that with everybody. But I'm tired of getting played, Gary, because I know at the end of the day the athletic director, who should be who should be back in Augusta, Maine, can't be in the yeah, well, there, not here. If this doesn't then work, then, he's going to be under a lot of heat. From I mean, well, don't you know, be surprised, I, I, Gary, if he leaves after the before the end of this up to this 2019, if he's out of here on his own volition. Because he I don't think so. I mean, you might end up being right, but I don't think so. Blake wants to spend the rest of his career here. Well, he's, he's, he's in and he and he's done a, he's done a very good job, you know, to this point as athletic director. But uh, you know, this this was did you know go, having a ten a ten hour one man coaching search is, does not usually work out very well for athletic directors. Gary Furman, how can you say he's done a great job when he oh he got he got let off? He has. They're they're selling their the, the facilities are better than they've ever been. They're selling more tickets than they ever have. They're they're getting more donations than they ever have. Um, the infrastructure of the program is the best that it's ever been. What what he's handing I, to Manny Diaz is, is a machine that is ready to have a rocket lit under it. Now it's up to Manny to to make it soar. I, I agree with you there 110%. I'm hoping that he's able to go ahead and cross that threshold of being a badass mofo. And I don't think he's going to be that badass mofo. I think he's going to be a good guy. He's smart. He's technical. He's a great teacher. He's all those things. But to be the CEO, you got to know how to be the CEO in a major Power 5 program. You just can't come in and say, I'm here. Now, I yep. know you're going to tell me the kid at Oklahoma was able to do that. I know you're going to tell me that. No, I, I'm not. I, I, don't think that, I don't think there's a comparison. That was a ready-made situation at Oklahoma. But, but that kid was ready. Because that kid, what, 34, 35? Well, we think, we, we, we think he was ready. Like, he, the, he got a ready-made – like, you would have said the same thing about Larry Coker in 2001 and 2002. He was ready. He was ready. You're not going to know how ready he was till three, four, five years down the road. No doubt. No doubt. That's proof's in the pudding. I got you. I got you. But Same I, thing I, with I mean, Dennis Erickson. Dennis Erickson won two national titles in his first three years. You would have said he's ready. He's ready. But when he got to years four and five, he wasn't as ready. He inherited a freaking ready-made monster. From Jimmy Johnson, and we're hoping that that Maisie can create a ready-made monster for us here too. Yeah, that's what we're hoping for. Can he? All right, everything you got. I got a bunch of guys that want to get on before we go to bed here in about forty-five you, minutes. Yeah, got to give me some time. I've been here waiting for two hours. Well, hurry up. What else you got? Go fast. Okay, what do you got? Talk, let's talk recruiting now, baby. Let's talk recruiting. What is Manny Diaz going to be able to do now on the recruiting side? Coming in this late, even though he's the guy on defense. He was the guy out there selling, Jay selling you him. He was not the guy. So how are we going to be able, how is he going to be able to get some of these kids? Like the freaks. It like starts those. Saturday. It starts Saturday. Those two guys are announcing on, on national TV, and Miami's right in the mix with both of them. And now Manny's the head coach, and he's got he's to close it. You know, he's got to close Bogle and Tyreek. If he does that, then he's off to a running start. If he gets one of the two, he's in the starting gate. If he whiffs, you know, that's not a good sign. Not, not a good start if he whiffs, is it? 
No. So, yeah, you know, it starts Saturday, but, like, you know, who they're going to be recruiting, I mean, you've got a whole new staff coming in that's got, you know, different connections and inroads and things. They've got to evaluate the roster as a staff and decide what they want. I mean, it's a wide-open slate. They go on the road a week from today. And uh, by then, I think you'll see a plan come into shape. Gary, are those young offensive linemen that were redshirted, are they ready to play or not? They're not ready to play today, they, but they, they don't have to be ready. They need to be ready in September. Let's see who's going to coach them. Let's see who's going to be running the show in the weight room, and let's see what kind of job they do in the next nine months. If All right, everything? Does your office coordinate? I, I don't have a choice. I haven't studied every offensive coach in the country. It would be stupid for me to pick somebody. Lance Leopold of Buffalo, Gary. Write it down. That's not happening. Just, he's already been rejected. Yeah, I know, but he's a stud. We'll see you, Gary. Yep. All right, man. Next time. Let's go to the 251. You're on Kane Sport Live. 251. Going once. Going twice. All right, we'll catch you next show. Let's go to the 954. You're on Kane Sport Live. Evening, Gary. Jay, how you doing? Hey, what's up, man? How's everything? What you got for us? Doing good. Called a few times this year, you know. Working all yep, the time, I remember you. Uh, no, I just had a few things to say. Uh, really not really pretty impressed by him today, you know. Didn't really get a chance to hear him talk, you know. I know you guys get about, what, five or ten minutes with him every Wednesday as a coordinator pretty much. But um, you know, I just feel like there's a little more energy. Uh, definitely yeah, I got a feeling we're going to get a little more from Manny in that regard too. Mark Rick couldn't get in and out of interviews quick enough. Manny, Manny embraces him, and he should he embrace him. Talking. He and should. I hope we do get That's it. his chance to sell his program. This is him. And this is the dream job. I mean, hopefully, if he has success here, which I obviously we all hope he does, I mean, hopefully we can have a 10, 12, 15-year career at the school. I mean, hell, Dabba's been at Clemson 10 years already. It's hard to believe because I remember the first year Miami and Randy Shannon actually pretty much beat the crap out of him except for one uh, long run. I think it was by Ellington. Um, they couldn't cover Hankerson, Damian Barry's running out at Clemson. And, you know, it's, just, it's sad, sad to see where the programs are a decade later from even that game. And, you know, we were obviously in the prime of our life in 2009, 2010, whatever it was. But, I mean, still just to see what, what he's been able to do and what happened here. So, um, you know, Manny being here, embracing it, uh, you know, I think that's key. You know, was Rick embracing the job when he took it? I think he was. You know, he, he definitely had some energy about him at the end of that year, you know, and then – Last year was, you know, well, not last year, I'd say it's, what, 17, now 18 last year, but, you know, it was a pretty magical year, you know. Things just kind of bounced the right way every game for us, and uh, it happened, and that's what we needed back on the stage. So, yeah, obviously this year was a disappointment, but I think it's nice to have some, like, passion injected. I never got the passion from Golden. I never got the passion from Rick. Shannon, you know, he could he'd have the same demeanor it looked like on the field or in the damn boardroom, you know. So it's just uh, it's nice to see that. It's nice to see some energy. Now, with the hires he makes and the way he runs the program, you know, it's different. Head coach is a totally different animal from coordinator. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. But uh, I'll be quick. I know you guys are on here. But as you said, he, he embraced today, and I hope he does. And, you know, I know I think coordinators, you know, obviously fight their tongues in a lot of interviews on what they would do differently. And his exit interview with you guys the other day, you know, not knowing he was getting the job five days later was, you know, to let other people speak to that. You know, I would think we're glad to hear what he had to say. I think we're actually – it was refreshing, you know, to hear to hear that and – I know you asked him that specifically, uh, I think, after the presser and the little roundtable. That was the best question he asked because he, he really opened up, and you know, he didn't give any cliche answers. And 
I'm I'm fired up. I mean, are we going to go 12 and 0 next year? Who knows? I, I I doubt it. I don't know. I don't think the talent level there, the depth, obviously. But you know, see if he can recruit, if he can be 70 percent of what Mario we know would be here. Obviously, just Mario's not coming now. Um, Manny's the guy. So let's uh, let's embrace it and see where it goes. I mean, it's 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 a fresh start. It's a new start. It's a new year, and uh, see where it takes us. Just want to see what you think of anything I said, or any disagreements, yep. or any agreements. And no, you're all you're all good, man. You're, you're doing you, you did good. So thanks for being part of the show. Good thing. You got us. All right, yep. Talk to you next time. Yep. Let's go to the six seven eight. You're on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? This is uh, Kind of Junkie. How you doing? Hey, what's up, Junkie? Happy New Year. Man, happy New Year to you. A um, couple things, man. Uh, first, first of all, we, I, I wanna like we need to stop just just putting the crown on Mario. Like Mario hadn't done nothing. And we just keep crowning him. Like, no, it, you know what it is? It's it's not that he's it's not that he's done anything as a coach. I mean, it, it it's it's that he's in a, it's his recruiting. I think that is that gets everybody excited. But listen, I I was talking to a major college coach today. I'm not going to say his name because we were talking privately or whatever. But he's at a major school, and he and and he said something to me that I thought was very interesting. He said to me that recruiting is 99 percent of it, and this is a guy that's a coach. OK, um, and and he said recruiting is ninety nine percent of it. And I agree with that. And and Manny Diaz success is going to be defined by how he is able to take the next step as a recruiter and elevate the, the roster at the University of Miami. OK, I get that part. But look, he, he already showed that he he can put the number two defense in the nation out there, like and we and we missed on everybody. So I mean we not like Mac Brown for instance at Texas. Every year he had the number one, the number two class, but he only won one championship. Like he wasn't even close, but one, and that's because he had Vince Sanity. Like you had one, arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play college before. It was a loaded roster. And you won off a bad play call by USC. Like, Matt Brown, every year before June, he had the number three class in the nation. It sold up. I mean, I get it. I get Mario can recruit away from South Florida. But can you recruit players to Miami? Like, uh, enough Mark Rick has number one classes at Georgia, but can you get players to come to Miami? Like, that's the that's the thing. We always saying all these guys are badass recruiter. He a stud recruiter, Coley. Man, Coley missed on everybody we needed. All he had to do was land Dalvin Cook. He couldn't. He couldn't land Travis Rudolph. He couldn't land Phillips. He couldn't land none of the players we wanted and needed. Pion, uh, Jamil Cook, uh, none of those guys. He couldn't land none of them. They all went other places, and, and we always keep saying Coley's such a badass recruiter. He landed year being Stacy Coley. Oh, well, we gonna we gonna crown him. But anyway, enough of that. My thing is with the offense, Gary, and you always get yourself in trouble by you. You always talk about these little receivers. You say Jeff Thomas was too little, and he ended up being the best receiver on the team. But the best receiver uh, on the Harley, team. But did he was he did he really end up doing anything so spectacular? Who, who Not really. He did okay. He did okay. He, did okay. he didn't have as good a career as Stacy Coley, for example. 
at Miami. I mean, I understand. I understand. I'm not saying he was used Brad to his max. Brad Kaya got drafted. That's who but do you think Jeff Thomas was ever a threat right? to even be on the all-ACC team? No. Easily. You don't think no. Jeff Thomas played with Stacey Coley? I mean, with uh, Brad Kaya and, and Coley offense, he wouldn't have been on there? Or, Maybe. Or, no. Maybe an Applewhite type of offense that you ran in Houston when Houston uh, ran the store up on Florida State. Now, you put, like, Cole, uh, Hartley, uh, Harley and – Jeff Thomas and that type, that's why I'm kind of uh, I'm excited a little bit about Apple White, if that's the choice, because the type of offense he runs was, man, the type of players we have, like with the guy who committed from South Ridge next year, um, the little short wide receiver was fast, he quick, the fast wide receiver. I can't remember his name right now. But little wide receivers like him and Harley, man, getting them in space, utilizing like, like what Diaz said in the presser, like, Letting the kids do what they've been doing. Well, Mark Rick had us us out there doing. We can't judge who who can play and who can't. Even with the like, John Rick was the quarterback coach, and we we'll say, oh, he a knucklehead because he made a sex tape. I mean, like, I want to high five a person who in college and they make sex tape. I mean, we're not gonna let's <laughs> act like college. Hey, look, college is meant for. Did you make Did you make a sex tape, Chunky? Hey, right, look. I'm gonna plead the fizzle on that, but listen. Wait, why? <laughs> Did you make a sex tape? Hey, look, man, I was in college a long time ago. But this is my thing. Even like when <laughs> we wrote off Red Wine and we wrote off Michael Jackson when they was under the Narfio. But then when Manny get him, now we talking about Jackson was we're talking about getting drafted high. You know what I mean? Like Red Wine was so big for our defense. And this was a guy we were like, man, Red Wine shouldn't even be at Miami because it's the type of player the coach is like with Manny Diaz. That's why I'm so happy with Manny getting the job because it's easy for us to look at Mario and say, oh, he got Thibodeau to Oregon, or he recruited all these good players to come to Alabama. But but Diaz took what he had at Miami and made that product the number two defense with the guys like Romeo Finley, who we all said, oh, that was a waste of Scully. He he made Mike Smith a football player. That we said he has no business being in Miami. Like the the guy who we right, and so what what what, what Manny's saying is what he wants the identity of Miami football to be is letting these players be who they're supposed to be. We were begging and screaming and pr- like praying for Mark Rick to run a damn jet sweep. Like you use these boys how they've been used, like all their life, and that's why that's why I'm excited. That's why you know we we didn't want we we always thought, damn man, I hope we don't get Maddie Diaz because we saw Dave Aranda, uh, we saw all these other big names, and we was like, man, Manny Diaz, he struggled here, he struggled there, but when he came to Miami, we got the number two defense. That's why I'm not I'm not ready to like say, okay, Apple White, he had a bad go at it. That may be true. But when you get, you put coaches in a in a perfect situation and you give them the vision that you want them to have and you just let them do what they're supposed to do, I, man, Apple White and Manny, I think with the new hire, uh, just basically feeding off Manny, I think we're gonna be lights out. Uh, the, the strength and conditioning coach, I want to know who the O line coach, and then you know with wide receiver and all that. I'm thinking Apple White, well, whoever the OC is, I want to just call Apple White. But I know y'all have been saying that you know the rumor mill heating up that that's who the new OC is. 
Yeah, we I haven't confirmed that. that that hire is done, but but uh, but, but we, we we have confirmed the defensive coordinator. But running those, that type of offense, and then we got to remember we have Cam Davis, we have Lingard, man, we have back to like those type of offenses is gonna just show our real speed. Like Mark Rick didn't do that, and and that's and I don't want to write off nobody, but Jalen Hurts might be. Now we run an offense like how Texas run the offense. I think Jalen Hurts would be a perfect uh, grad transfer candidate to run a, like an Apple White system that would put us, you know, put us back in the mix. But yeah, all this, uh, how everybody predicting uh, uh, Tyreek to go to Georgia and and Jay Hazelwood to go to Oklahoma, like all these people. How are these people just predicting that if they don't have no inside that the letter of intent being? Oh, they do. Like I, I would predict Hazelwood to Oklahoma. But I'm saying though, if you saying that, then they must know that they already signed the letter and they and they somewhere no. told them that they signed. <laughs> no, I don't know that he signed yet, but I but but uh, but I've just I've heard he's going to Oklahoma. Confirmed it. Uh, T.S. hadn't signed his letter of intent. Like you can no, he is not. That he has. Okay. Well, then, I nope. mean, we got a shot then. All right. Well, yeah, man, that's all I had. I just want to know, like, I just want to say that, man. Like, we, we can't get into uh, what what this this player looked like under this circumstances because, like, how can we really give uh, uh, Perry and Roy Williams a fair assessment when their quarterback coach was John Rick? Like, can yep, we really fair enough. Right, okay. Yeah, that's all I want to say, man. All right, Junkie, thanks as always for being part of the show, man. You got it. Uh-huh. You got it, man. Thanks. Good talking to you as always. Let's go to 954. You're on Kane Sport Live. 954, going once, going twice. All right, next time. Uh, let's go again to the Hello? 954. Yep, that's you. We're on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? How you doing? Doing great. Who's this? Yeah, this is uh, B Unit. Hey, what's up, B Unit? Hey, with a, with a name like that, I hope you got some good stuff, man. Yeah, well, I got the same stuff as that guy that called about, I want to say about five, six calls ago. Um, he was talking about the whole coaching staff, everything like that, just being, you know, total BS. Got from Texas, I think. Yep. Yeah, I remember who you're talking about. Yeah, 100% agree with him. Um, there's a lot of issues that need to be addressed. I'm actually glad we got the uh, linebacking core to stay with us. I think that if we had Mark uh, Mark Rich as a coach, we would be losing all three of them, maybe two of the three. And I'm glad we got all three back. Hopefully we can keep uh, Joe Johnson on the defense. But um, – yeah, we really need to get the offense rolling, you know, whether it's we just pound the football like Wisconsin or some other team like that, just pound it nonstop and throw a play-action pass here and there. I'm more happy than that than watching a uh, spread attack or, you know. I mean, I, I know last year watching it, I could sit there, I could actually tell you if it was a run, a run call, pass play, what was going to happen. It was It was ridiculous. So I'm actually happy to see Manny step in. Yeah, I'm hoping he can bring some type of offensive coordinator, whether it's a UNC guy um, or whoever else, come in here and uh, 
you know, make us good again. I mean, I, I, I've been, uh, let's put it here. So I was born in 83 and I've been through every home game from 83, literally I was two months old, all the way up until 1994 for Kane's loss. And, um, after that, I've been part of the streak after that, including all that. So I've been through the ups and downs. It's, it's been hard, but to pay the money that I pay to go see these guys go out and play, and I love all of them. Every year, I think we're going to go undefeated. But um, you know, recently it's just become you know, it's not it's not what it's not reality. So I'm hoping Manny brings some change. I hope we have some, you know, the fans can step up. And I hate going to the stadium hearing people boo. I hate that. I don't care if there's they have every right to do that, but you know, at the same time, that hurts me. I don't know if you feel the same way. How do you feel about that? Well, I mean, it, it it is what it is, you know. I mean, it's just. I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, I understand. You know, we're not doing much in offense, but I mean. Does it make it any better when people boo or fly banners over the stadium? No, I don't think so. I mean, it's but got, they, it's got to make it work. But they, but they would, but they would tell you the noise won. They would, they would say the noise won. The noise won. Yeah, they well, were booing Mark Rick, and Mark Rick left. Now they don't have to boo deal with Mark and Rick anymore. Happened, so they, and what happens when we got some fresh blood in here, like Manny, or let's say we got Mike yeah. Leach in here, or we got uh, Mike Kiffin. Let's just yeah. say we well, got those guys in here. Let's just hopefully it doesn't happen anytime soon. No, but I'm just saying, let's let's say we have that happen. Okay, and what happens when the same things, the same results happen? Are they gonna boo again? What we're probably in the right state of mind. <laughs> they probably plays, will. <laughs> my brother plays Macintosh. He played with his younger brother. They went to Notre Dame, got kicked out. My brother is a graduate of Carbon Gibbons. I'm a graduate of Carbon Gibbons. I've been I played St. Thomas. I've been on the same team with uh, Travis Gooden. I've been with a lot of the same guys. I've been in the pro football league. I've been in the same, a lot of the same guys. I've been with college football, you know, and uh, it's just kind of comical because. The U was the U up until about 2003, and after that, it totally fell off the map. And um, since then, we've been trying to fight to be relevant, and since then, you know, when I talk to some of my brother's friends and stuff like that that I've gone to, whether it's Cardinal Gibbons or other schools, you know, whether it's Kenny McIntosh or other guys like that, it's almost like a laughing matter. Like, where are you going? I'm just, it's... Now, yeah, you know, Miami's great, you know, they're fun, cool, you know, it's homeschool, stuff like that. But we we don't have what, you know, the schools have. We don't have coaching staff. We don't have facilities. We just don't have what other people have. So to make up for it, we got to make up for it in talent and winning. And if we can't do that, then I just don't see the point. You know, it's just – it's a disappointment of last year. I knew the year before it was kind of a – you know, Cinderella story where we won a bunch of games that we shouldn't have. And, you know, ACC championship, Clemson showed us who we really were. We got blown out. And uh, the only good thing I can see out of all of this is Manny's young blood. Okay, that's one. Two, we got – he kept the linebacker core. When I'm, I'm fo- I follow uh, Michael Pigney on Instagram. I actually know him personally. And uh, he was going pro. 
and uh, now all of a sudden he's actually changed his mind. So that's a big Good, win. Because he should, he we got should Nick, change we his got mind. We got Nick Cloud. We got Nick Cloud. Okay. He was going to go pro until about a month ago. And, uh, you know, he didn't change his mind, obviously, prior to Mark, Rick, Mark uh, leaving. But he's staying. The main they, one they all should Shaq. stay. All, yeah, exactly. I don't think any one of them would have been drafted in the top five. I think maybe, you know, Pickney would have gone in the third round. I don't think Shaq. He probably been in the fifth round. McLeod would have been a sixth round pick. I'm glad all three are coming back. I want. I, I am dying for um, Jackson to come back. If we get him back, we got the same defense. You know, minus Jaquan uh, Johnson, we can fill somebody in the back there with Romeo. Um, somebody else step in right there, and we got somebody else. Um, you know, as far as the turnover chain, I think we should keep that going. That does bring a lot of recruits, you know, from my younger brother's age. You know, I'm actually, you know, 12 years older than my youngest brother, who is uh, who played football with both uh, Macintoshes, and that actually has a big effect on on those kind of kids. They really do. They love the turnover chain. That's a big mm-hmm. deal for de- defensive uh, people. Um, that's a huge thing. So if we can get like an offensive thing going, whether it's stupid or dumb, I don't really care. All I know is that, you know, with Manny as coach, as young blood, he's fired up. I think we can do, we can turn the corner here. It's either a hit or miss. That's how I see it, Gary. I see it as we either hit it or we we were in the playoffs within the next two to three years or we're back in the Randy Shannon era where we're, you know, winning seven to eight games, maybe nine tops, and we're looking for our next coach. So, yep. you know, that's just kind of how I see it. I don't know how you see it. What's your input? I mean, I, you know, listen, I, like, I, like I said from the beginning of the show, the, the search certainly wasn't conducted the way searches are normally conducted, but I think that, okay. you know, Manny Diaz – you know, showed everybody today the passion that he's going to bring into this thing, and That's good. you know, yeah, we're going to see what kind of staff he could put together. We're going to see how they can recruit, and that will define what ultimately ends up happening. What do you think on offensive coordinator? I mean, I heard you know the UNC guy. I mean, is that a guy that we actually want at our? I don't know. Uh, there's you know the, he's been rumored Major Applewhite, but I I don't I don't know I don't know where it's gonna I don't know where it's gonna end. If, if, if Gary had a pick, Gary doesn't have. I don't have a pick. I don't have a pick, and I have not. I don't want to give an opinion on this because I have not researched the whole spectrum. There's 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 a, there's hundreds of offensive coaches out there, and I have not researched them all. And it's very hard for me to say I would hire this guy. Would you consider having Lane Kiffin come in as an offensive coordinator? If he no, he's the head coach at FAU. All right, you're out of time now. That was that's ridiculous. Why would Lane Kiffin quit as head coach at FAU to come be offensive coordinator? It's a stepping <laughs> stone. Maybe no, it's not a stepping stone. No, it's not. No, that. No, no, no. That doesn't happen. Just like All right, listen. Hey, thank you, know? you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I got a bunch of guys. I got to get on here in 15 Absolutely. minutes. So, hey, right, thanks, thanks for being part of the show. But no. But Absolutely. no, man, that that, that will not happen. You are not going to see Lane Kiffin quit at FAU to become the offensive coordinator at Miami. Let's go now to the uh, the eight six three. You're on Kane Sport Live. Eight six three, going once, going twice, 
All right, next time. Let's go to the uh, 907. You are now on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How you doing? Doing great. Who's this? Glad we uh, – uh, this is Alaskan Kane. Hey, what's up, man? How's it going? So a doing couple of things. Uh, one, you've got to be really thrilled that uh, the board is going to go from ultra-negative to somewhat positive. I think it was gotten it got toxic. It, this was a long year. This was a long season, man. What you know? What I hate is like I don't know how this happens, but somehow I become the target of everybody's anger. <laughs> I mean, I get why everybody was upset. I get why everybody was upset. I just don't know why I had to deal with so much of it. <laughs> it's like, well, like you know, you're you're I the moderator. A you got to take the brunt. It's your board, and it's all—it's mostly all your fault, actually. You know that. I mean, I—I right? I wasn't supporting any of that nonsense. Are you kidding me? I was puking like everybody else. Well, I think the ones that were upset is they—they they get upset because you don't come out strong enough into the negative in, on their side. So you—you know—you—you you have no. to try to hold out a, a, a string of hope somewhere that things can get better. But you know, it just wasn't going to go that. It wasn't going that way. So what no. can you do? But, you know, one thing I wanted to ask you, you know, when Mark Richt was hired, you know, one of the big things he had in it, you know, that he, everyone was all excited about was he supposedly had this history of being a, a quarterback guru. You know, he had some quarterbacks in the NFL and, you know, that was going to be a really strong thing and fit perfectly with Miami's quarterback youth theme and all that. And when he made his son, uh, quarterback coach, everybody kind of said, well, he's just, that's the, that's the title he's got. Mark's really going to be doing the coaching of the quarterbacks. You know, he just gave his son the title. And what it obviously, it certainly looked like he not only gave his son the title, but the job based on the results. Can you enlighten us as to how much quarterback coaching he actually did? in the last few years and how much he was out there trying to be a quarterback uh, coach. I don't think he was very effective at it. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And you know, the thing is people talk about this quarterback guru, Mark Rick quarterback guru, the game, the game changed along the way. And football today is not the same as football 15, 20 years ago. And you know, it's like, how, how old are you? I'm old enough to have uh, been in my uh, been way past my 30s when we won our first championship game. I right, so what you're like, <laughs> I guess, that so, so that that would make you what you're in your 60s now. I'm I'm just about retired. Yes, exactly. Okay. All right. So you know how you know how when the 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 computer took off and you always like you know older older guys would would say would would say oh I'm not proficient on the computer. Uh, you know, it, it, it's like Instagram and Snapchat might be foreign to yeah, somebody older now. Stuff, yeah. yeah, right, yeah. right, 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 right. Yeah. Exactly. That's my that's my like point. To... So that the world changed. The world changed. Um, you know, you and anybody else that's in your 60s, 70s, not less intelligent than you were 20, 30 years ago or anything like that. It's just the world changed and things are different and communication's different and you know, I, I look at people that, you know, just look at what, what's happened with dating. I mean, you know, a, a guy used to have to 
like do cartwheels to try to get a date on Saturday night. Now you just pick up your cell phone and start swiping through uh, what are they, I guess it's called Tinder or whatever. I don't know. I'm I'm married. I don't go oh, on that stuff. Oh, you know but, what it is. Oh, but, come on. Yeah. yeah. But okay. but no, like it, you like you know, know you set you set up an account on Tinder and just start swiping through looking for your date on Saturday night. Like it's like I mean it it, it it's like the world is different and. That's what happened to Mark Richt. It's like everything changed. And now all of a sudden, he's sitting here in 2016, 2017, 2018, and he's not the quarterback guru that he was 10 years ago or 15 years ago. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And not only that, but, you know, he he just had no handle on what was going on in the quarterback room, like you said, during the season. He, You know, the biggest mistake he made was how he even handled the quarterbacks, whether you're right or wrong about whether he should have – left uh, Rozier in there the whole year. The fact that he didn't, that he was flip-flopping and he couldn't stand behind him. And he, uh, it was just a mess. He just, I mean, everything looked like a mess on offense. And I'd also don't totally agree on with one of your early callers about the D, you know, the defense being crap from the whole, from the get go in the Wisconsin game. I think they, you know, played as well as they could in the first half. And by the second half, they just gave it up. And just said, you know, this is ridiculous. <laughs> the offense can't do anything. They give the ball over. We, this is forget it. You know, they just ran out of gas before the end of the half, in my opinion. Uh, but you know, it was pitiful. It was just pitiful. The the whole offense, not just the quarterback. So you know, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know if he if if he'll be better than Mario. If Mario would have been better, I think Blake felt like he didn't have the ability to wait and then not get Mario because he would get outbid by night or whatever he thought he had to pull the trigger without a wait. Um, I'm hoping. Well, look at it this way. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he's willing to let Mario have his time at Oregon and maybe he's figuring I'm giving Manny Diaz a shot because I believe in Manny Diaz. And if it doesn't work out, I can go back to Mario in a few years or, or, or whatever. Like maybe that's what he's thinking. I mean, I don't know, but this was a very quick hire, which tells you that Blake had no interest in talking to anybody else. Well, I'll tell you the last thing is that, you know, I'm just hoping uh, the other disappointment with uh, Mark Rick was I, you know, his overall selection of, of coaches was I, I expected top notch coaches in every position. Cause I thought he had the, the uh, money to go and, and his prestige to go out there and get people to coach for him. And I thought he brought in too many people with not enough experience and more, more of a, a group of people that he thought he could work well with together, more about yep. camaraderie than a coaching yep. ability. Yeah. And uh, let me tell you, so, if you, if somebody said to me today, Gary, why did Mark Rick fail? And I would, I would, my answer would be because Mark Rick set up a country club. And, yep, and 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 a and a college football program in today's world is is not a country club, man. This is a cutthroat, balls to the wall, competitive business, and it's a business. It is not a country club, okay. And Absolutely. you got coaches that used to make. I, I think when Howard Schnellenberger got hired in 1979, I think he was making a hundred thousand dollars. Coaches are making four, five, six, seven million now. Um, it is big business. And the reason why there's so much cheating is because there's so much money involved. If you're a coach making six, seven million and you got a contract locked in for five years, you know, like you're going to, you're going to worry about getting like, so, all right, so they catch you cheating. What are they going to do? You're still going to get paid. 
Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, was like it, I said, it, it was it was too much family. It was too much all about the family and not about winning. Oh, man, not about balls to the wall. Freaking go, you know, exactly. do what you got to do to put a good the, team the together old, and, that old, that, and win games. That old hurricane mentality that Michael Irvin always talked about. Without that, a doubt, you, know, you weren't a hurricane. You know, where you just you just practiced and practiced and practiced and played every practice like it was a game. And when right. they got and to the, the reason games, they were happy to. It was easier when they got to the game after they got yeah. off that field. Right, and and the reason that you see so many people lined up behind Mario is not because he's proven he's Nick Saban or, or, or whatever. It's because they know that that's, that's the type of guy he is, okay? I mean, he is that type of guy, and that is unquestionably what he would have brought to this program. And, and, and that's why I've always been a proponent of Mario. I've seen him. I've seen how he works. And, you know – Manny, I'm, I'm not as close to as, uh, you know, in, in terms of being able to observe him work. I mean, I see what everybody else sees and, and, and you see the passion and all that. Um, when you look at what he did today and the way he presented himself, uh, he just showed up as a guy that you're pulling for and, and that you can walk away going to sleep tonight saying, you know what, Manny Diaz deserves his shot. You know, it was given yeah, to him, I agree. And, and, I and, he, and he and and he deserves his shot now. And ultimately, it's going to come down to: can he put a staff together? Can they recruit? Can they make the roster better? Uh, you know, top to bottom, this program needs to be better, or else it's never going to overtake you know Clemson and Alabama and those things. But it has the infrastructure in place. I agree, and you know, you hit on one other thing. Uh, probably the reason why all the practices that Mark Rick had so many times were closed practices. No, he didn't want anyone to see the country club. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. What, what yeah, he had a lot of eccentricities like that, you know, I mean, but yeah. you know, whatever, but you know, we're on to a new era. It's going to be different. Uh, and hopefully it's better. All right, let me let you go so I can I uh, squeeze a couple All more right, guys thank in. Thank you. Take yep. care. Uh, yeah. Thanks All for right. calling in, calling again next time. Let's go to the seven, eight, six. You're on Kane sport live. Hey, what's going on? It's Alfred. Can you hear me okay? Yep. What's up, Alfred? Go shoot quick. Great, man. Yeah, man, just wanted to talk about some of the things that you guys just brought up, man. When you look at these power programs, look at Clemson, man. Look how much money they paying their defensive coordinator. You gotta, We got to be at retroactive when putting together this staff, man. It, it, it's huge. We got to be able to put together the right coaches in place and go out there, like you said earlier, recruiting is 99% of the game, man. One of my good friends, Dalvin Cook, I mean, I grew up, we went to Miami Central together. I mean, this man had no business leaving the backyard. And one of my best friends, Vontae Frame, he wanted to go to Miami. They didn't even recruit him. He's in the NFL playing right now, won a championship at Florida State. So we got to do a better job overall as a universe. We the you. I mean, we haven't been good since we since that play that we had in the um against Ohio State. When they had that bad call, we haven't been the same since. We could have won back-to-back championships, man. We got to start paying these people, bringing in the right people, putting in the right coaches, and going out there giving people building blocks to build the program. You go to the University of Georgia, you see their facilities. You see the money that they put into the program. That's why they get in the results. That's why a lot of my friends went out there to that school because of what they was able to put. We got we to gotta get to the next level, man. We're the University of Miami. We haven't been good for the last 16, 17 years. It's a joke. We got to start doing more, man. Yep, no doubt. All right, what else you got tonight? Anything? 
Uh, that's it, man. I know it's only five minutes left, but I just wanted to, you know, uh, you know, we, we got to do a better job, man. I support Manny. Uh, I really wish we could have had an opportunity to talk to Mario uh, because I know what he stands for. I mean, he's the type of person when he comes in the room, you know he's in the room. You know, I love Manny. He did a great job as a defensive coordinator, and I support him 1,000%. Uh, but, I mean, it's just a different feel when you got a Mario or a person like that, a Nick Saban, those type of people, Dabo Sweeney out there. It's just a different feel when you have that type of head coach. Nothing against Manny. I love Manny, and I think he's going to do well. But it's very important that we hire the right people. I know he just hired the guy, Blake. I looked at his stats. He looked like he's going to you know, be a pretty good defensive coordinator. I know he's only 32. Uh, but he looked like he knows what he's doing. I don't know him too well. We'll see what happens there. But this offensive coordinator hire, this is going to be the defining factor in moving no doubt. forward what we're going to do in 2019. Yeah, because you mentioned Dabo Sweeney. He, he didn't become Dabo until he upgraded his coordinators. You know, you gotta pay them, man. You gotta bring in the right people to be able to go out there and perform. That's my concern. That's my only. That's my biggest concern right now with this, with the program as it's kind of remaking itself. Here is that you know the the schools that you have to knock off to get the U back to where the U needs to be are just conducting business at a whole another another level of business. Completely different level. I'm looking at it as yeah. for us to win a national championship, number one, we're going to have to beat Clemson, and we're going to have to beat two top-notch national power teams if we go to a, a, a football uh, playoff. To be able yep. to do that, you got to have coaching, man. you got to go out there That's and right. train the right people in. Yes, you do. So we'll see, man. He's got a blank slate. He's building the offensive staff from scratch. Um, he's riding pretty much with what he's already had on defense. Um, you know, they were pretty good, I think. You know, I, you know, you throw around the second best defense in the country stuff. I don't, you know, I'm not as convinced of that as maybe some people. But I, I, I get, I get that. But what, what I think, what we got to do is we have to win the line of scrimmage. When the last time we had a a dominant offensive line, the big uglies on our – I mean, our defense has been It's been cool. a long time. We haven't had a good no. offensive line in a long time. If you don't have that, you don't have a chance. You can't beat an Alabama with the type of offensive line that we got. Nope, not even close. And that's why when you, we get into the uh, – when we get into the pit with those kind of teams, they get blown out every time. They got blown out by LSU. They got blown out by Wisconsin. I was just going to say that. They couldn't even – I mean, you know that West want to run the football. That's what they're I mean, doing. You couldn't stop it. I, yeah. I mean, I, I know I know that the uh, the defense was on the field an awful lot and had to defend a lot of plays, but that didn't look like the number two defense in the country that night. So, you know, he's got a big job ahead of him. Um, you know, the, these hires are, are massive. And, you know, we'll just see how it – he's got to see how it goes. I think he earned uh, – the way he presented himself today, I think he earned – what should be the support of everybody out there. And and from there, all you can do is support them and hope for them yeah. and see how it goes. All right, man? Yeah, I'm supporting, yeah, well, I'm supporting 100%. Uh, I just hope that we hire the right people uh, and, and move forward with the program, man. I'm excited. We'll see what happened in 2019 and moving forward. All right, man. Thanks for being part of the show. Absolutely, man. Take care. All right, guys, we've run out of time here. I know there's a few more callers. I tried to get to everybody. Uh, came close, but uh, we didn't get you all on. But uh, thank you so much for participating, those that did get on. For those that listened, um, thank you, as always. Really appreciate 
the fact that you find this to be a great part of your week every week. Um, I'm sure we'll do another show in a, in a few weeks when we get um, closer to uh, National Signing Day, probably the night, the Tuesday night before Signing Day. Uh, we'll probably do a, sh- a show just to sort of recap everything that's been going on here with the coaching hires and recruiting. And uh, then we'll move on from there on to spring practice. So uh, thank you again. Thank you to Sicilian Oven for sponsoring the show all year. And um, we'll see you on the message boards. And uh, thank you, everybody. Have a great night.